0: Hi, before we get started with the episode, we just wanted to point you in the direction of the social accounts we've set up for the show to help you guys engage with us and communicate and get involved with our show. You can email us at can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com. Emailing us will really be the best way to talk to us directly and conversate with us on air during the show. Also, be sure to like You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram at can't disappoint podcast and Twitter at You can't disapod, that's disapod like disappoint. So there's one S and two Ps. Well, thanks for tuning in and let's kick off the episode.
1: Here we go.
0: (laughs) Woo, (laughs) our original school song by the venerable Pierce Hawthorne. (laughs) He made that up. Everyone remember to vote before the coronation. The nominees are identified with sashes That's say, Tranny Queen. <laughs> By the way, we do offer summer classes, which are a great way to um, um, broaden your mind, have fun. Hi, you're here for me. Live in front of a studio audience in Pasadena, California. It's the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast season finale. Here he is, your host, Steven.
1: Hey there, you cool cats and kittens. Kermit P. Frog here oh. with my best friend in the world, Dr. Doolittle.
0: Kermit, you sound uh, like you've started taking testosterone.
1: <laughs> I did. I uh, decided to make some changes in my life.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. I didn't say I was going to say that before I said it, so that's why we're at where we're at right now. I am your host, Zach, and you know, many people for a long time have have referred to me as having a great chance of being the next Yang Wing Macadang Dang Jr.
1: Well, hi. I myself am Yang Way Macadang <laughs> Dang Jr., and I can attest that. That young gentleman over there certainly is right on his way to becoming the very next me. Was but I'm Stephen. Were you planning on saying that as your name as well? I was. We do that a lot. We <laughs> do. It's because we pick the funniest thing. And we're like, we're gonna say it. But There's then I always a have a couple backups. of things,
0: but we seem to go with the same one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm a lot less stressed out than I was last week. How are yeah. you feeling?
1: I'm feeling considerably less stressed out as well. You know, at least about some things. It's fine. I mean, yeah, the stress still bubbles at all times, but
0: we were really on edge last week, and I feel like that came through a little bit. This week, I'm excited to be here and talk about the season finale. How insane is that? It's the season finale. The last episode of Community ever. I can't believe it. We're finally here. We've done 25. Well, not yet, but we've practically done 25 of these things and a couple of extra things. Look at us and look at the show. Look how far we've come. I who would know. have thought? Not who'd, me. Who would have
1: thought? Us? Who'd, look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's really exciting. Thank you for everyone who's been, you know, here from the beginning or from the middle or who just showed up for your first time today. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. We we do it for and because and with you. Well said, my friend. Welcome
0: to the show. We're here to talk about the season finale. Uh, shout out, as always, to
1: our proud Sorry, community. One second. I got to work text that's are urgent. you kidding me one second listen please no i'm kidding you know i I'm wish kidding. that people would leave me the alone when i'm not at work that's what i wish zach fun fact Don't, <laughs> mom <off>. i'm podcasting
0: <laughs> mom god and shout out as always to our proud community daddies over at communities you know they've done so much for us as well this first season so a bigger than usual thanks to them for helping us make it this far genuinely yeah,
1: thanks Thanks uh, to, you know, it's not quite Christmas time yet, so I'll call him uh, Papa Turkey, our, our Thanksgiving father.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> with
1: with his uh, belt buckle hat and... and Well, and... because
0: of the episode we're talking about this week, how about this week he's going to be our transfer father? we there won't we, go. Use, we won't use the abbreviation, <laughs> but this week our community transfer fathers are, yeah. are uh, very important to us. And, you know, it doesn't feel right that we haven't had them on the show yet in any way. And I feel like that's something that needs to be absolved fairly soon.
1: I think so, too. I think maybe, you know, if Community ever gets a second season, uh, we'll have to bring them on. We'll be happy to recap
0: it, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) All right, this week we're talking about the 25th, which is insane that this season has so many episodes. That's a huge season. The 25th episode of the first season of Community, Pascal's Triangle Revisited, which was directed by Joe Russo. The the Russo brothers haven't directed for a little bit of a stretch now, but Joe Russo has 21 episodes that he has a directing credit on, so that's insane. Wow. And it was written by Hilary Winston, who has written a lot this first season. She wrote Football Feminism and You, Politics of Human Sexuality, Beginner Pottery, and next season she writes The Psychology of Letting Go, Celebrity Pharmacology, which is one of my favorites, and for a few paintballs more. And it originally aired on May 20... My, my my screen's cracked, so I can't tell what the letter is sometimes. <laughs> it originally aired on May 20th, 2010. And yeah, before we get into our trivia and stuff, let's plug that we're still doing a giveaway at this very moment, aren't we,
1: Steven? Yeah, we are. We're giving away. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. We're giving it
0: all away to you. Um <laughs> If you're listening shortly after this episode comes out, you still have a couple of days left to enter our giveaway for a Troy and Aubrey in the Morning Care package. Uh, check out our Twitter at YouCantusPod for the video with all the details on that. We'll be giving away a secret word a little bit later in this episode to give you a few more chances in winning that giveaway. So yeah, check it out.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll make sure... That you also, uh, don't forget, there's another way to win that giveaway, Zach. If they leave a review somewhere, they can email us at disappointpodcast at gmail.com. Redeeming yourself. I did.
0: (laughs) Yeah, everyone, you've got until Thursday, November 19th at 12 midnight Eastern, so Wednesday night, to get in your entries.
1: And there's
0: still plenty of chance to make yourself the winner. Isn't that Ooh. right, Steven?
1: In the words of Shia LaBeouf, Just do it! Let's talk about this
0: season finale, Community's first do season it. finale. Let's start off with some
1: trivia! Trivia? Oh, wow. Trivia. I something new. Know. We'll try out
0: something new this week. You know, yeah, uh, Let's know. do a some trivia move. questions. Let's
1: see how that works. Um, I've got I four. Have... Okay, I'll let you go first. I only have three okay. for this one. Okay. What characters does Abed create with a banana? Ah, okay. We had not in order, banana. Sam Elliott. Yes. Banana. Okay, he did mustache. <laughs> he did banana. Levar Burton. Yeah,
0: but that's not quite how he said. it. Did he it. say
1: like banana?
0: var No, but I'll, I'll give
1: it. I'll give it like two thirds credit. Yeah. Um. There's four in what's total. What's the first one that he said? The very first one. I'm drawing such a blank. I like looked at that's that okay. I was like, oh, that's going to be a question. What, what <laughs> are the other okay. two? There was banana
0: rhino, banana as you said, rhino. banana Sam Elliott and Levar Banana Burton. Levar. And banana the final
1: Burton. one was like a long beard with banana King Tut. Banana King Tut. That's what it was. And then of course mm-hmm. Pierce, you know, made a funny. Mm-hmm. Good for him. More like <laughs> puts it where no one can see it. Yeah. It's a penis, guys, come on, come on. All right, banana you do pretty penis. well. Kind yeah, of. you know, I, you know, I'll, I'll take almost half, half credit. credit. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, if it worked for me my senior year of high school, it'll work for me now. Much like our one year in college together, we'll take about half credit. We'll take about half credit. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Here's my first question for you. I don't think I have any hard ones this week, unfortunately. But uh, how many dances is the school gonna have anyway?
0: Oh my god! It's so easy. Are you kidding me? You're you're disgracing me. It's five dances because of the dean's classic. All five dances shirt. You know,
1: I I really want that want shirt. That shirt. Me too. Yeah,
0: I I, really I do. think so. there's
1: an Etsy store where you can buy it. I'm sure. I'll go <laughs> okay. on uh, where I the seedy site I get all my anime shirts from and, and find it there. All right. In
0: her therapy session with Duncan, Britta announces that winning transfer queen would make her queen of
1: the blank. Oh, uh, <laughs> I almost said like dip thongs, but it's like dip. Dipheads Mm-mm. dunderheads. Mm-mm. You're uh, on the right track kind d- of. Uh uh, uh hmm. no. For
0: shame. It's Dingbats. Ding bats. Queen of the it. Dingbats. The Dingbats. The Dingbats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um question 2. How many pregnancy scares did Leonard have? Only year? 2. Only two this Only year. Only two,
0: yeah. wow. Record year. Good for you, Leonard. Yeah. Wish I could relate. <laughs>
1: right? I uh
0: Steven and I are always always thinking. We any live day in could constant fear yeah. of, of one of, of the pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Did you All give right. me another one or is it my turn? It's your turn. Okay. According to Britta, when she and Jeff had sex after paintball in the study room, who was in the room with
1: her? I don't remember this one at all.
0: Colonel Mustard.
1: Oh, shit. Okay. It was, okay, the, she's talking it to was after paintball in the study, in the study room, room with Colonel, Colonel Mustard. Mustard. Fair, fair, fair. All right. Here we go. <laughs> this one will
0: stump you. That almost half credit is just slipping away. It, you got to get the next one if you I, want that I, almost I, half credit.
1: Listen, I really hope I get it. Uh, what does the giant cookie that Troy eats say on it? I know it says congratulations.
0: Is there more to it than that? Yes. Is it it congratulations? It doesn't say congratulations? No. Congrats? No. Okay, then I don't know. I thought it said congratulations. It says
1: contransulations.
0: Oh, my God. I don't think you can say that in 2020, (laughs) Stephen. I don't think that's allowed to be a trivia question. Yeah, it probably shouldn't be.
1: All right, we'll we'll talk, my, we'll my, talk my about
0: all of that in this episode, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, my last question for you. What is Duncan's British lingo for sex? And bonus
1: point if you know his American lingo for sex. Ah, uh, the American lingo was Yankee Doodle. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing... What the hell did he say? It was... Oh! Um, every, anything that I was going to say was going to be so much worse than what it actually was. Okay, well you got to give me one then. You can't tease um, like that. Was it... Don't be such a tease. <laughs> Was it Nick to the patty oil?
0: Nick or... to the patty oil. Now, what <laughs> or... <laughs> exactly would, would that insist of?
1: Well, you know, when you, when you really Nick the, the patty oil, it's when you, you get down and dirty with the, with, with the circumference. You know, you, we've got to absolutely muller the, the Pendragon. That's what we'll do to
0: make this podcast easier on your mother's ears. We'll just, like, start using really British terms for the dirty stuff so it'll just sound encyclopedic. You know? There we go. <laughs> uh, the correct answer was he gives them the old slap and tickle.
1: Slap and tickle. No That's oil why oil or
0: patties involved.
1: No. <laughs> the nice try. I did think that slap and tickle was absolutely disgusting to say.
0: You know, before we get into some uh, sent-in questions, I didn't even ask you how you are, my friend. I was so excited for the uh, the shebang of a season finale we got in front of us. There's going to be musical numbers. Uh, I hope you've got your 3D glasses for when we call for that a little bit later. An ice performance and a special guest appearance from Sting. But before we get
1: to all of that, Stephen, how have you been this week? Uh, I've been all right. It's been a... Uh... I don't know. Uh, I guess average sped week. You know, hasn't week's, been fast, hasn't, hasn't okay. been slow. It's, it's right. It's been a a true every man's week. It's
0: truly been seven days since we've done this. <laughs> is your is your summation of your week? Yeah. Uh,
1: I no, was last... awake for some of it. I slept for some of it. I maybe even had a, a meal or two. Hopefully, more than two. <laughs> we will see.
0: Uh, you know, last night, I had the pleasure of revisiting, which I now firmly have cemented as believing it's one of the finest films of all time. And that is none other than 2004's The SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Oh, yeah. And what a classic in every way. It, it, no, I don't think any other movie makes me as nostalgic as that one, because you put it on, I remember almost every beat of it from when I was a kid, and I can just like go right back into my shoes when i was like seven because that movie is 16 years old isn't that that's insane? crazy i can remember being seven years old and like being so excited to see it and i can turn it on and be right back there so that was
1: a ton yeah. of fun it made me so happy that's awesome i literally remember sitting in the theater with my mom and crying when they were you know holding hands and i remember out. how
0: intense that was
1: yeah yeah um, great stuff you know a lot of guts. of going back and watching some of our favorite movies i recently used uh, my VPN to go to Australian Netflix to watch one of my favorite all-time movies. If I had to like gun to my head make a ranking, I'd say my okay. favorite animated movie of all time. Okay, um, just edging out The Iron Giant, probably. Iron uh, Giant is phenomenal. Yeah, of course. Princess Mononoke. Haven't seen it. Are not all? Movie. Is that? A,
0: are not all the Ghibli films on American Netflix?
1: Uh, no, I think HBO Max has a lot of them oh, now. Okay, okay, yeah, they they took them all away. Um, I knew someone had made a
0: recent deal with them.
1: Yeah, but I watched it and I was like, I was really worried because it was like in my mind a ten. I watched it way too young, like probably like late elementary school. And
0: sometimes you're scared to rewatch a ten because you want it to feel that way for forever. Yeah, and it's possible that it won't if you watch it as an
1: adult. But it did. It it held. It absolutely did. Like for totally different reasons. When I was a kid, I remembered like the awesome action and like the giant wolves. But like it's essentially if the movie Avatar was made in like 1997 by Studio Ghibli. It was amazing, like so, so good. Music is like mind-blowing, the animation's gorgeous. Chef's kiss to Princess Mononoke. for the it. Watching old the stuff is fun
0: and, no and nostalgic.
1: I need to watch it. I need
0: to watch more of the Ghibli films. You should. Um, you know, there's a new SpongeBob movie, so I'm watching the first two. To, yeah. The third one's not out in the US yet, I don't think, but. Where did it come uh, out first? Well, since nothing is normal this year, I don't think it's going to be in theaters at all. I think it's going to CBS All Access. So no one's going to watch it. No. But (laughs) I'm sort of looking for. I love SpongeBob. Yeah. I'm sure it won't be that good.
1: The second one wasn't bad. The second one wasn't bad. The second one, Sponge Out of Water, is that what that was called? Mm -hmm. It was, like, digital. Mm -hmm. But only part of it. Most of it was normal, and
0: that was cool. The new one is, like, all CGI. Mm. Okay. But it's, like... Pixar DreamWorks-type animation, like reimagining the cartoon. I could, I, I can rock with we'll that. See, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so let's segue. You know, our musical trio rendition of Greendale's The Way It Goes with Sting is just around the corner. But first, we're going to get into some questions that the people have sent for us. Before you read off the emails, I want to go over to the Twitter corner where we got some correspondence from someone with some thoughts on today's episode. Uh, this is coming from Brianne at the Schmoopy. On Twitter, hello. The Smoopy. Uh, they like say it. about today's episode, Pascal's Triangle revisited, that it's not their favorite episode. Not a fan of the tranny dance. I wholeheartedly agree yeah. with you there. <laughs> Britta is out of character. I agree with you there. And Jeff is a douche for kissing Annie. We'll talk about that moment a little later. My favorite moment is Troy's realization of why Abed doesn't want him to move in. And MVP is Troy since he is the only one acting normal. <laughs> You know? She also gave us a, a trivia question. Why does Troy have to move out of his dad's house? Oh, do you um, know this one?
1: I'll let you do it if you know it. You go for it, because I think I'm gonna say don't the wrong thing. It? I was gonna say like what I thought he said, but he made a joke with what he said. Yeah, it, it's because so, yeah. his
0: dad's girlfriend is twenty. Yeah, and it, that's him what it being is.
1: around makes him feel awkward. Feel about awkward, it. <laughs> and
0: that's from our friend Brianne, So thanks for thanks, thanks for Breanne. sending that through. What have you got, Stephen?
1: um i got nothing no i'm kidding i've got three emails this week uh let's let's get started this first one here is from danny hi danny she says hi zach and steven happy season finale hope y'all are doing great today i really enjoy this episode and it has some great moments but i agree with y'all that english as a second language would have been a great way to wrap up season one and maybe a better way yeah we'll get there (laughs) Um, A bunch of moments made me laugh a lot, but the one I remember the most is Chang telling Britta her lipstick looks better in literally the worst moment. Mm -hmm. I also loved seeing all the little interactions during Abed's kegger. I thought that everyone did a great character work, so I guess that's my favorite moment. I'm giving my MVP to Shirley. I know she has a super small role in this episode, but she was the only one who saw everything going on and told Britta to stop competing with Slater and just talk to Jeff. If only she had done that. Um, mm. And because and because of this, she deserves more wins. Oh, just in general, she deserves more wins. She does deserve more wins, but I don't know that it's fair to give her
0: one because of that. Because I can barely even remember what Shirley did in this episode.
1: You know, she was instrumental in the bathroom, and her friend Gary is her friend Gary. Thank yeah, God, transfer straight For, to straight to straight hell. To hell. <laughs> all right,
0: what's Danny got?
1: Um, all right, here are her questions. What is Professor Whitman holding when he talks to Jeff in the opening scene? That would be an ice cream cone, right? It is, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh, I knew you. that one. I saw the first five seconds of the episode. Yes.
0: Like, that's probably all they'll ask about. That's
1: all you really... <laughs> well, I, I was hoping. Uh, <laughs> who did Jeff ask if he was going to Abed's kegger in the hall? Oh, what was that guy's name? Was it a random person? It wasn't
0: mm-hmm. uh, Leonard or Garrett. No. Describe the person then. The
1: red-haired guy? Ah. We don't know. I don't think it actually showed him. I think it just was Jeff, like, talking to some guy, being cool in the hallway. I don't remember. I'm going to guess Slimy was his name. Hey, Slimy. (laughs) Hey, Slimy, you you going to the kegger later? Every week. Hey, Slimy, you ready to record the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Slimy. Yeah. Um, Okay, here we go. Oh, cute. Um, What are the three ways Vaughn says bye to the study group? To
0: the study group.
1: Yeah, only. I know the three at the beginning, but I don't know the three to study group.
0: I kind of know. I know in the beginning he said "Sayonara." I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, at the beginning he said "Bye," Sorry. "Sayonara," uh, "Kombanwa." Yeah, which means "Good evening." It, hey, who's which one of us is the weeb around here? I read that on the community wiki before we <laughs> recorded
0: this episode. <laughs> but I don't know the ones at the end. Sorry. Yeah,
1: he said. Um, Goodbye. Farewell. Avida Zayn, Good night. Maybe adieu. Sure. Adieu to you and you and you. Let's, let's stop this right now. All right. Next one. How many votes were tallied to pick who Tranny Queen was going to be? 36. 36. The Dean had some fantastic work in this episode. Undoubtedly. Um, can't wait to hear you guys in season two. Big hugs, Danny. Danny, thank you for writing in and listening.
0: Well, unfortunately, we've both been canned uh, for season two by the higher-ups that You Can't Disappoint yeah, the, a podcast. The so network
1: thought that they should go in a different direction. <laughs> uh, next season,
0: you'll be, you'll be happy to join your new hosts, uh, You Can't Disappoint a podcast, with Alex Webster and Steven's mom. <laughs> Coming to you in two weeks. But I bet they can't get Sting for a special exactly. musical appearance, can they? So
1: stay tuned. Keep listening, guys. <laughs> He's coming. He's coming. Uh, <laughs> old women are coming. Uh, okay. <laughs> Keep those Next. 3D glasses handy. <laughs> we have an email from, from our transfer papa at Communis. He says... We're really proud of you, Dad. Hi, kids. My MVP vote for the episode is Troy selling eating that cookie. Troy selling eating that cookie. What do you mean selling? Give like me that cookie and I will
0: show you selling eating that cookie.
1: Come on. <laughs> oh, f- out Yeah, he didn't even make a mess like Cookie Monster. All right. We'll see who the community <laughs> experts are. Um, I understand he actually got sick of eating it and sick from it. I would nice. imagine. It also connects every bit of the story, but Annie's together. You could argue that MVP is the 24 hour cookie store that made the cookie overnight.
0: I heard them talking about that in the commentary. They had someone not only making it overnight, but like on call in case they needed another, <laughs> another one. Another cookie? Yeah. That's crazy. Joel made a joke where they were like talking on the phone. It's like, how much is it going to cost? And the people at the bakery are like, hold on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Dollar signs in eyes. Right. Um, okay, trivia time. He's being hard on us our last time out. Said no answers this time. Hard daddy except this for week. one. <laughs> Leather Daddy. Um, what type of rolled coin does Chang have? That would be quarters, quarters right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what other job does the woman who gets her hair pulled by Britta have?
0: Oh, no, I have no idea on that one. I, know that, I remember Britta, you know, tugging on the girl's hair and being like, wait, you see how yeah, awkward that is? But is. I have no idea about the occupation
1: at all. Wow. Um, how it long... is a tough papa
0: this week. Yeah,
1: it's, ooh, stern. Um, how long does Jeff have until class when Annie kisses Vaughn goodbye in the outro? Do you know this one, Zach? Yeah, he's
0: like, hey, I have class in about five hours. <laughs> yeah! If you guys could
1: wrap it up. Wow, high school hallway, right? Okay, here we go. Question. <laughs> Do you think Duncan knew Jeff and Britta had sex because Britta told him in therapy or that Jeff told him? I think, I think his... he
0: knows because he was around the corner and he saw and watched. That's ah, my guess.
1: That's a good. One. I would think therapy would be my guess. Because, you know, yeah. Britta assumed that she was at a real therapist. That's a hard one to get hurt. right.
0: That's just a hypothetical. It what is. do you
1: think, Papa? It tell is. us. You tell us later. Yeah. Did did Papa give us answers this week? He actually did. He said no answers this time except for one, but he gave us answers to all of them except for one. Uh, the second question, hmm. we got them all right, except the question one was, this woman is also Allison's stand-in. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know.
0: Good to know. Yeah.
1: All right. It's time for MJ's trivia round, week number 12 of having him send us some trivia, um, Here for half the season with us, just yeah, about. That's, that's great. That's pretty thanks awesome. For,
0: thanks for being a part of it. He's like, I don't know, our unofficial like trivia
1: correspondent, and that's yeah, been great. it's really nice. Um, all right. Hey, Zach and Steven. What's Congratulations that? on making it to the finale of season one. It's like been you a don't pleasure need to <laughs>
0: we should congratulations on you guys for making it to the end of this
1: yeah i still can't believe somebody listens to an entire like almost two hours of
0: yeah i tune out about 15 minutes in every
1: week while it's happening i listen to the intro and i figure i get the gist after that so Mm -hmm. (laughs) um he says it's been a pleasure reliving community with us and can't wait to dive deep into the upcoming seasons where the show really hits its stride great yeah um that being said This is definitely one of the show's weakest finales. In my experience, I'd agree. Um, It felt like the show was trying too hard to force a finale vibe to the episode, while sacrificing the essence of the characters we've grown to love along the way. The whole competition with Britta and Slater was especially egregious, and the so-called conflict between Troy and Abed did not really make much of an impact. Looking forward to your discussion of this very polarizing episode, though. It's hard for me to award an MVP for this episode since everyone is off their game. But if there is anyone I could give it to, it would be the Dean. How brazen was he for inviting those Dalmatian furries to his own college's dance. As for the funniest moment, Troy's delivery of, I hope he transfers to hell, kills me every time. Definitely. Without further ado, here's my last quiz for season one. I think this is much easier than my previous ones, so you're welcome. Much appreciated on my end, especially, because I am struggling this week. Um, okay. Why is Sl- Shirley... Attending the trainee dance, besides the fact that Britta's in the running for trainee queen.
0: I really hate that we keep saying that. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, I, I, I do
1: hate reading it. I don't remember. Um, it's because her friend Gary's transferring. That's, the only, that's her other reason for going. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Um, speaking of, what was the former name of this dance before the dean decided to change it to something much more Greendale? It, it was, was the, the transfer, the transfer for formal, dan- for formal, I think, when,
0: when he said it very first. Yeah. He calls it a couple different
1: things, but I believe transfer formal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, according to Professor Duncan, what event traumatized Britta when she was young? Oh, man, it involved
0: a dinosaur costume, but I, don't, yeah. I didn't quite catch the entirety of it, some,
1: honestly. Some kind of person. It was like a tra- transient individual coming to her birthday party in a dinosaur costume.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. I believe was the, there's also
0: something about an adolescent fear of turning or of being like a, a blow, blow up, up doll. doll. Yeah. He yeah. said that
1: that's one she could work through was the, <laughs> was a blow up doll fear, which I'm interested to learn how that came about. But all good right, for Britta. you, Britta. Keep yeah. working. Um, for what movie poster can be seen above Abed's bunk bed during the Keger scenes? I don't know this one. I was focusing. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on. Yeah, I, I didn't pay attention to much of that in this episode,
0: yeah. unfortunately.
1: Oh, here we go. What was written on the giant cookie that Troy kept nibbling at during the dance?
0: Transulations.
1: This episode. I'm going to
0: keep that in mind for when I have friends that have special moments in their life. That's a perfect... That uh, is
1: really great, isn't
0: congratulations it? Congratulations on coming out type cake. Let's do it. Yeah. Whenever that day finally comes for Steven, we're all just... you know, We're knowing it's going to be any time. I'll have that cake the ready. the world to change. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm so sorry no that's great uh, no, but, no take your time when, when pierce was trying to convince troy to live with him what names did he call the study group members Ooh, this is a good one do you know this one uh big boobs medium boobs and black boobs yeah and there was
0: also what did he call
1: abed i'm not sure i don't remember anymore either i thought it was a
0: but i liked when troy have said am i, <laughs> am I black, black boobs,
1: boobs? <laughs> yeah that was which good. of course he is yeah um how many people voted in the Tranny Queen Coronation? I'm trying to skip it every time, but sometimes I'm reading too fast. 36! 36! Speaking of, name at least two nominees for Queen as mentioned by the Dean. Well, Britt is one of them. Yeah. Danielle Harmon is mm-hmm. one of them. And there were two other Brianna names. Brianna that- Brianna Baker um okay. he was about to say i'm assuming amy smith and i don't remember what the very first one was. there was
0: one other one too i don't remember but i'm yeah. pretty sure they're all named obviously daniel Harmon is dan Harmon, but i think they're all names of people from the community staff
1: that was nice yeah every time <laughs> i heard daniel Harmon, i was like yep <laughs> um, well it is the transfer formal wow deep deep i'll try
0: not to make too many jokes community like that we're respectful here deep move over rick and
1: morty Move over, Transparent. Yeah, this is the right way to do it. Um, and then he says, bye, see you later, Lates, MJ. Lates. Nice, same
0: to you, MJ. Thanks for uh, adding so much to our show these Au 12 revoir. weeks and to everyone who wrote in.
1: Sayonara, bye-bye. All right, and so let's talk show. about
0: this episode. Um, you know, talking about it being one of the weaker season finales is what MJ says, and I don't disagree because there are some – things in this episode that really do not work for me mm-hmm. but i can think of at least two season finales that i like less than this one oh that being the season four finale with the darkest timeline coming to the real world and it involves paintball and i think that's one of the weakest episodes of the entire show run and also i'm not that fond of the season five finale it's when subway has bought the school and they get like trapped in an underground bunker with, with the computer oh i remember that i don't dislike that one but i i think i like this one a little bit more but there is a lot glaringly wrong with it uh what do you think steven what's your initial takeaway
1: it's just so hard compared to like the episodes that have like been in a run before this one i've really enjoyed all of them for the most part quite a bit but this one is... I don't know. Like you said, there's a lot of things in this one that didn't work for me. I think that there's some really funny Troy stuff. I kind of think the Troy and Abed storyline does still work for me. It wasn't a huge part of the episode, but I didn't hate it. You know? There
0: are a couple of storylines in this episode
1: that work for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like... The whole end of the episode, we'll talk about that when we get there, because it's, like, it's a lot well, A lot one on. pack, certainly. Yeah. Um, I think that my favorite characters, though, like Troy... The Dean... Britta at times. I don't hate all the Britta stuff in this episode. I really don't. But I think Troy is a good episode. I think the Dean has a really, really good episode. I think there are a lot of things
0: about this episode that are memorable, uh, both image-wise and line-wise. And regardless of what you think of the... really the last third of this episode, uh, you remember it. It's something that really stands out of Community. But I do think it's pretty weak. And if you... Listen to our show often, you probably know what it is (laughs) that we have troubles with. Uh, But I think this is a week that
1: there's so much to unpack that let's just get right into it and we'll unpack it as we take it. So the episode starts this week with uh, Jeff's beat-up car after Chang uh, and his keytar had their way with it last week, Um, and Jeff kind of hops out and shuts his door as the glass kind of falls in so I like that they continue that it was all broken up but I was just about to say what a nice
0: bit of week to week continuity that you don't see a lot of times on a show like this
1: yeah I also you know it's, it's very clearly the end of the year right Jeff is like talking to the janitor and and uh, <laughs> Higgins is is jumping through a fountain with ice cream. Whitman. in Whitman, Higgins, the actor, of course. Whoops, <laughs> I, yeah, Higgins, H- Higgins. Uh, Whitman is jumping through like a sprinkler. He's got ice cream and is very exciting and and telling Jeff to seize the day again. You know, and and Leonard is is getting his stroke like Tai Chi on. It's you know really setting the scene at Greendale. It, it- is setting
0: the scene, but I do. Con- it gives us like. Wouldn't it be so much better if we saw all of these characters every week? It suddenly feels like all of a sudden everybody's here, yeah, <laughs> it, it, they really shove everyone in. It's literally just Jeff walking down a stretch, and every person he comes across are like people that were noteworthy from his year at Greendale.
1: yeah, I don't know. The only person that like is usually out there is Vaughn, that's because I don't think he goes to any classes. he just stays out there, but you know we've got our buddy Garrett, Chillaxon, duh. We get to see Vaughn again. That's a definite positive in this episode. Yeah, and his nipples are out. Good for you,
0: (laughs) Vaughn. And it's literally just every character gets just like a second to say their shtick and then we move on to the next thing. And we're reminded that uh, Vaughn and Annie are still dating even though the show really dropped it. Just to mention it in fleeting moments, I'm sure it had a lot to do with the availability of the actor. Yeah. Uh, But I never hated Annie and Vaughn.
1: I didn't either. I think that I like it. Better than some alternatives for both characters. I think that
0: of all of the storylines in this episode, the Annie and Vaughn of it all works pretty well for me.
1: Yeah, I think that is a a season finale plotline that makes sense. It makes sense.
0: You kind of, and we won't get to it t- for a minute, but it, you, you kind of know what the resolution is going to be because it's a TV show. You know how these things work. But it works for
1: me, and it, does it, gives, too. it gives Annie a lot to do in this episode. Say what? I, it works for me a lot, too. I think they actually, like, I don't know, it's it's fleshed out. It has more layers to it than it probably should for how much attention they've paid to their relationship in general. Right. And it actually gets tied up, so good, good for them. Like you mentioned, you know, the high school hallway.
0: Yeah. That's totally what they're doing, where they're just really <laughs> making out. It, it, this kind of shows how Annie's come a little bit over the course of the season, because it was only 13 episodes ago or so where she couldn't say the word penis. Now, I don't know how far she's come with that since then, but she's <laughs> definitely a little more comfortable with her sexuality yeah. and comfortable with her public display of affection with her significant others. That's kind of nice to see.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it clearly bothers Jeff. <laughs> see ya, babe. Sayonara. Konbanwa. He says that. I'm assuming, like, nine in the morning. <laughs> I don't believe
0: that Jeff would be hanging out on campus if he doesn't have class for five
1: hours. Yeah, also... I don't either it. I don't either. Because Jeff, like as much as he likes the study group, he doesn't care about Greendale at all. There are a couple
0: moments in this episode that are really big uh, gifts. This one right here where <laughs> they're talking about... Um, How it's the end of the semester and how they're feeling good. Annie's going to get to say, I told you so. Or not the end of the first semester, the end of the first year. And they're all feeling really good. And Annie will get to say, I told you so to some people who didn't believe in her. And there's such a good interaction where Jeff's like, yeah, pretty much nothing could ruin this day. And the dean just, wah, just jumps onto the screen. (laughs) I've definitely seen a lot of variations of this where it's like, you know, I don't think anything could ruin this day. And then the Dean with text placed over him of something bad coming Yeah, at the end of the day. It's,
1: Solid meme. The, the Dean, I like to think that he was really, like he saw Jeff like 10 minutes ago and then has been waiting in that exact spot for Jeff to walk by.
0: And I also like how all of the times the Dean, for the most part, until the dance is seen in this episode, is he's showing up to the study group or here just to Jeff and Annie <laughs> to like talk to them about the dance and how he's like, coming up with the dance and it makes you think at this point in the show i bet the dean's going to like every group of students and saying please to come be like to are dance. you coming to the dance please come i'm not sure if i'm gonna call it this or this but yeah <laughs> we get the great all five dances t-shirt five. Reveal like, how many <laughs> dances are we gonna have the concept of a transfer dance is very silly obviously yeah but they're, they're celebrating the people who are getting to leave the school for better things <laughs> Oh, gosh. You know. But I I would like uh, an All 5 Dances shirt. Maybe in the future we can do some type of All 5 Dances care package. That'd Divoy be so head. good.
1: Oh, my gosh. Something from each dance. That'd be really good. Now we get
0: truly just a little nothing bit of them all goofing around in the study room. You know, it's nice to have another moment. I like this before the end of the season.
1: Uh, yeah. They're just
0: doing some prop comedy. Aved is with a banana and acting out different characters. And then, like we kind of mentioned during trivia, Pierce takes the banana and has to make the obvious penis joke.
1: Well, and I like – one thing that this episode does do a really good job with in some places is showing how some characters, like, have grown and some, like Pierce, absolutely have not at all. And probably never (laughs) will. Probably won't. (laughs) And I I think that's funny. I also like how something as silly as this
0: banana thing is what the writers came up with as a way to segue into – really what Troy, Abed, and Pierce's storyline is right here. (laughs) Uh, You know, Pierce feels a little bit disconnected from Troy, and Troy used to be, you know, he did once say, I do have a young black friend, and uh, it it seems like that's slipping from his grasp, and he wants to still be one of the cool guys. Yeah. And meanwhile, uh, Troy doesn't have a place to stay right now because of his 20-year-old potential stepmom uh, and, and he wants to move in with Abed, and Abed is not sure of that, and that's this whole storyline right
1: here. Uh, yeah, I wish also, they had sh- done a little more with the 20-year-old stepmom plot. I think there's something there. Sure you would, Stephen. <laughs> Very on brand.
0: <laughs> they're all talking about some stuff they're going to do during the summer. Shirley mentions, and this is really sad, that she is going to have to keep convincing her kids that motels are tiny little theme parks for a while. Ooh to offset some personal issues, which, that sucks.
1: Yeah, it does. When she gets that that, uh, baking business off the ground, things will change.
0: It is pretty cold. the moment where, you know, Abed's joking around and says, you could live in a pyramid as Banana King Tut, and uh, and Troy laughs it off and says, yeah, well, you have uh, bunk beds, right? And Abed says, yep, and
1: turns the other direction. Yeah, all the way the other way. That's really awkward. It really is, and I think... I mean, we find out that Abed is, you know, intentionally kind of doing this. But yeah, the first one especially is pretty cold. Yeah.
0: So now Jeff and Annie walk into the study room really excited because of something that Dina shared with them everyone's going to have to go to this transfer dance tomorrow because one Britta Perry (laughs) has been nominated for transfer queen. Uh, Shirley was, of course, going already because finally her friend Gary is transferring. Hope he transfers to hell. (laughs) One thing this episode does do pretty well is there are quite a few, like, small jokes that have come up throughout the entire season that are showing up and resolving themselves or being given a little bit more in this episode, like the Gary joke, which is a really funny really silly joke. I think that was in the Jack Black, Jack episode. Black episode. Yeah. I was just it's nice saying. to see stuff like that kind of come around full circle as the season ends. But yeah, <laughs> Britta is going to be one of the women up for Transfer Queen, which as Annie explains...
2: It's like Prong queen! You wear a sash,
1: and there's a vote, and if you win, they put a crown on your head, and I'm so jealous Britta, I want to murder you! Aren't you excited? But she just
0: says it with a smile. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Britta has no idea how she got nominated and she doesn't really care about it and that's kind of setting up
1: her storyline for this episode. Which how did Britta get nominated because she's not a transfer student in or out? I
0: don't think I don't think the transfer queen has to be a transferring student. Mm. The way that they announced that in this episode when uh the dean says, "Oh, did you hear the news about Britta?" For a second, I thought, wait, is this episode about Britta transferring? I thought it was about yeah. Annie transferring. But no, it's just like a prom queen type situation. Mm-hmm. The Dean comes back in to start off something really problematic about this episode. This episode would be so much better if they if they didn't have didn't this. Have the Dean this comes back in to announce some more news or to ruin another pleasant moment between people as he just shows up when beckoned. Uh he goes to each group of students to let them know that transfer formal wasn't really rolling off the tongue. So we're going to call it the tranny dance. And that's just.
1: Yeah. I, they could have literally like gotten more laughs, but still made some sort of joke about it with just the freaking cookie. If they had just had the cookie that said contransulations, that was enough of a joke. Could have left it there. You know? Which, not that that was even in good taste, but, like, even for the time... It could have potentially made a
0: trans-transfer joke, but it's the use of the word tranny specifically mm-hmm. and the repeated use of over it that just doesn't again. set right with me. But it is a testament to how far, uh, you know, pop culture and and people in general have come on a topic like that in just the 10, 11 years since this episode yeah. aired. So, for sure, good. But this definitely doesn't hold up. no. But the intent, I don't know. Whatever. I'm just going to try to gloss over it as much as possible, Mm -hmm. because it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with the episode. No. Uh, And it is much more Greendale, I suppose. It it is. They call it something problematic. (laughs) After the little theme song blurb, now we get a scene that I really, really like. Mm -hmm. That is Britta having therapy with Professor Duncan. We miraculously get a lot of John Oliver in this episode, and I'm so glad of it. I love yeah. Duncan all throughout this entire episode. And it makes me just sad at the, the little amount of him we get throughout the entire series, and especially throughout the first season. We haven't seen him since some of the really early episodes.
1: Yeah, I also like that he gets interactions with Chang again, which we haven't seen especially since the what, the swimming pool episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And the Chang-Duncan
0: dynamic in season two that's set up in this episode is a highlight and is really funny. And there's some good Duncan stuff coming. But I am always so pleasantly surprised when I get to this episode because just about everything Duncan does is hilarious, I think. It's so good. And it's really nice to see him do therapy and Britta, you know, not really getting what she wants out of it, getting really base-level therapy from Duncan. (laughs) And there's a a jab that's really true to my life of, like, the – uh, where she like dogs his therapy for being free or something like yeah I guess you so get, what you, get you what you pay for, with for. Free therapy like I I've been to college and taken advantage of the, of the free, free therapy, therapy so yeah <laughs> this
1: was a scene that I could really put myself in British shoes because you know as, as great a resource as that is you do get what you pay for with free therapy
0: <laughs> okay the conflict. From a, It was a birthday party, mm-hmm. and it involved, he just says it really scientifically, but yeah, basically yeah. it's that there was someone in a dinosaur costume at her birthday party that scared her and scarred her forever. Yeah, a
1: transient individual in a <laughs> dinosaur costume. <laughs> he said, I believe that we can wipe it clear. <laughs> the adolescent fear of being a so-called
0: blow-up doll. What does that mean? Is that something to do with her like political inclination of not wanting to be seen as a certain type of woman, or am I just reading too far into it?
1: I think you might be reading too far into it. I think that thirteen-year-old Britta might have had an internal crisis where she thought that she was a blow-up doll, literal blow-up doll. I okay, think sure that's where I went with it, but you know, sure.
0: Uh, and they kind of come to the agreement that maybe Britta should accept and challenge her issues with what's what she's feeling about being nominated for like a beauty pageant type mm-hmm. situation. You know, she's so turned off by the idea of it, doesn't want to engage in it. And and Duncan suggests, and now Duncan is a creep to women, so I'm sure that yeah. has, uh, has part of why he's Specifically saying you, know, you Britta, should get all gussied up. So <laughs> but, yeah, but I think there's something here about how she needs to maybe try it out and see if it makes her feel a certain way. And I think this scene and this moment with Britta is really important to try to contextualize the stuff in this episode with Britta that doesn't work so well.
1: Yeah. And I honestly, like, I, my major issues in this episode are much less with Britta, with the exception of one thing, than they are with, like, Slater or even Jeff. So, well, okay, less so Jeff, more so Slater. But yeah, I, 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 I agree that I think this is, it does explain and set up why Britta behaves the way she does.
0: I think it's a really important scene, and I think the episode, uh, it it sets in a little bit better if you absorb the scene.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, work, it works nicely for me. Great interaction with uh, Chang and Britta's are going through. Who They, they just have so much leaving, to test Chang's for coming one another. <laughs> in.
0: And this continues the thread of things from the pilot coming back into play for this episode. Uh, and uh, continuity from last week because chang is here to you know he's not a teacher anymore Mm -hmm. he is talking about how he's a student and he's here to ask duncan to help him out and to help him cheat his way through school much like one jeff winger did in the first episode of the series and duncan is not even willing a little bit to turn it into a game with chang he just shoots it down immediately
1: (laughs) especially because chang comes to him in like a position of a friend and duncan's like well we've We've never been friends, (laughs) and you kind of got what's coming to you. Yeah, I'm going to laugh at you for your very (laughs) well-deserved
0: issue here. And he just laughs Chang out of the room. It's really funny. Jorge. Jorge, we now cut to Jeff doing his cool guy walk down the hallway for the second time already five minutes into this (laughs) episode. And yeah, he's asking Jorge, who has killed it, whatever it is, mm-hmm. in that wondering if he's going to Abbott's kegger. Of course, Abed's having an end of the school year kegger. I like that a lot. Right. And this is when we get. It's just so weird how every scene with Jeff is him walking into different people from the <laughs> season. It's like
1: remember Slater, remember Garrett, remember. You know what I mean? Yeah. It,
0: it's a little weird for me.
1: It's like Jeff is like riding this high, like on a like rainbow, just coasting through the school of memories. You know, through the year. Yeah, yeah. So let's take
0: these romantic issues as they come up one at a time, okay. and as they layer themselves, because this scene with Slater doesn't bother me that much yet. No, I'm fine with. I this. think they brought her back in in a way because the way that she left was so abrupt. Mm-hmm. It was like the beginning of an episode where they just broke up. Yeah, and it was just after we did a whole episode, or shortly after we did a whole episode about you know Slater needing Jeff to take it more seriously mm-hmm. and Jeff agreeing. So we learn here in this interaction that that scared Slater and i guess i can kind of see that you know once you once you finally get what you're fighting for and it is serious then it certainly scares you it's a little scary you. yeah but it's a little backwards because of what her problem with jeff was in the first place but it kind of reminds me of like have you ever seen the graduate yes oh my god it, it, yes it's the like last the ending scene of the in the graduate? graduate where yeah. like you fight so hard for that true love story and then sometimes it's all about the chase and then when you're finally sitting there with that person it's like what do we really have in common uh, is this really worth, it seems like that's kind of what both of these characters felt during yeah. the relationship. And they kind of spare jabs at each other, and And Jeff's vitamin duh joke is a little lame, but I'll even allow it. You know, I'll, it's I'll let it slide. Kind of, kind of jabbing at each other in a way that feels healthy and feels like they're just talking to each yeah. other. Slater uh, says, you know, I think we should talk to each other again, and I miss you.
1: And I miss you at the end cute. of the
0: conversation is a little cheesy, yeah. But this, this conversation works for me. If they're going to bring back Slater in, which I remember saying when she left that we were like, they should have done so much more
1: with Slater. I think this was the way to do it. Yeah, in this scene so far. Yeah, I like that she kind of is a little more vulnerable. I don't. I think that I miss you could have been delivered a little less cheesy than it was even though i like that actress. it could just be i miss you yeah you know it could just be straightforward
0: i miss hanging out with you yeah yeah it doesn't have to yeah be, she kind of delivered I it it a way. You, but Link. i think
1: that the i miss you is cute because she's like literally i mean she's kind of laying it out there like that's a big thing to say to somebody you know but i like how jeff handled it too i probably one of my favorite jeff scenes in the whole episode was right here because he wasn't a douche but he also wasn't you know a total like Wet Noodle, like, oh, sure, great, woo, you know. And I think Jeff he, he held his own. Me too much in this episode, and I know you disagree, until
0: a certain point mm-hmm. in, like, the last, really, couple of minutes of the episode, there's yeah. one thing that happens that changes things for me. But we'll get there when we get there. Mm-hmm. I don't like this little bit of I don't either. red-haired student Eric Wisniewski, who yeah. I've from reading a lot of community wiki, uh, where they have the whole, oh, take a picture, it'll last longer. And the dude's like, okay, and takes a picture of Slater as she's walking away. Yeah, that's weird. I'm not, not a very fan funny. of that.
1: Mm-hmm. I love this scene.
0: The, the- yeah, now everyone's partying on, a, on the floor of Abed's campus. <laughs> a cowboy hat and does a really great party dance as he's walking towards Abed. And Abed who has a top hat and like a
1: He-Man a sword <laughs> strapped to his back or
0: something. But they're bring. Troy comes in to kind of I don't know. He's a little bit drunk. He's a little bit partying. He wants to confront Abed about the weird moment they had earlier, and says, "You know, we hang out so much here. It's it's weird that we don't live together. Uh, It's almost like we should live together." And again, Abed just cold shoulders it and leaves the situation.
1: I can see why that would super hurt Troy. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I think he's this is like best friend in the world, and he's like, "Oh, this is a great opportunity for us to like." Lived together, which in Troy's mind, especially like, you know, as young as Troy is, when he probably hasn't had a whole lot of experience with people who, you know, had bad roommate experiences. He's like, oh, I get to hang mm-hmm. out with my best friend all the time. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he's like, wow, this is out of nowhere. This person just doesn't want to live with me. You know, and it's he's like, what What happened? I thought Abed liked me.
0: Well, as we're wrapping up this first season of community coverage, which is just nuts that we're, we're yeah. to, to do this already. I don't I'm I don't know who I'm gonna pick for my like emotionally based season MVP mm-hmm. that we'll give next week. I don't know that is that it would exactly be Troy or Abed, but Troy and Abed, the story that they've told this season of you know, from the early days where Troy didn't really know how to be a good friend to someone yeah. to these days of, of them learning to have more emotional conversations with each other because of how how much they care about each other and how much their friendship has blossomed and, and the way that they goof around together is really, really good.
1: Yeah, the fact that Troy and Abed's friendship isn't just, like, laughs and rainbows all the time. Like, the fact that they do have downs. Now, the downs, you know, normally don't last too long. And they're normally presented in a really funny way, but I think that's a good way of displaying, you know, real friendship in a show. Because when you are that right. close to somebody, you're more You'll inclined have spats, to get hurt, and they probably yeah. won't last that long. But it's important to show. Yeah, I hope that we get done with our fight one day. Yeah, it's been years. Yeah. You would think? <laughs> yeah, don't miss you though. So yeah, me either. <laughs> I mean, but we have we've had
0: little spats, yeah, for sure. And I don't know, it's it's relatable. It's it's good to see that presented in these like. You know, pitch perfect best friends. That of course they're going to disagree sometimes. Exactly. Uh, Pierce walks up to Troy after that little interaction. He he almost died outside trying to learn how to use a beer bong. He says, <laughs> "Which hey, sounds about used right." He's like, yeah, "Apparently, you're not supposed to inhale." It. Cause he's just used to smoking out of a regular bong, I would imagine. He said, "Oh great!" Just, just, just beer. Oh, Pierce. Um. Choi is feeling some type of way because of the Abed situation, and asks Pierce why Abed hates him. And Pierce's answer is interesting. He's like, "What are you kidding? Look at him. He probably hates America." Oh, yeah, classic Pierce. <laughs> now we're outside of the party. Annie at a bulletin board, and we see a little bit more of Vaughn. Some of this stuff really is the, is a pleasant surprise. How much we get of characters like Vaughn and Professor Duncan yeah, and the sure. Dean in this episode that it's hard to hate it. They try really hard to make me hate it, but there's a lot of stuff that I do. They really do everything like about in their this. power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Vaughn has this amazing opportunity. It's the end of the school year, and he's being asked to join the number one hacky sack team in the nation at a college in Delaware, which I think is very funny. And I also think it's very funny that it's it's such a serious thing that he has to leave now. Yeah.
1: He has to leave Be, today. The last day of the semester, he's got to go to get yeah, rehe- practice. Yeah. I practice rehearsals. There's an intense practice.
0: Uh, <laughs> itinerary in, during the summer for this <laughs> team, hacky sack team. It, it, is hacky is hacky sack like in a, a game that has rules? Can you score in hacky sack?
1: I feel like you can do it solo. <laughs> I've seen it done in a small or group Or is it before. like do it for so long sustained? Yeah. I think it's there's probably like a minimum like <laughs> it's like an endurance things skill per minute. Like you have to like sure. do a like a minimum, right? The rule book says you must do this many things per minute. <laughs> is there a name is that called a hacky is that called a a hack? What 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 are the little bounces? Yes, called? I do
0: believe whoever scores the most hacky <laughs> within three quarters goes to the final round in which the sack is is in play. Yeah.
1: And our winner of the 14th annual Hacky Sack Grand Prix and receiver of the inaugural Vaughn What's Vaughn's last name.
0: I think they have said it, but yeah. I don't
1: know Vaughn. Insert last name here memorial (laughs) the trophy i had a funnier joke in my head but i forgot it mid mid go
0: let's talk about annie for a second um no she's immediately really excited for vaughn and she uh the plan initially is to go with vaughn for the summer to spend time with him and then see what goes from there um Vaughn's leaving the school and Annie and Vaughn at this point have been dating for at least a couple months. Yeah. Like probably the longest term relationship in the series so far. Yeah. And I think this episode that does a lot of weird mixed up stuff with the the relationship prospects in the show, I think Allison Brie really, really shines in this episode. And it feels like more than ever before, she's putting more into her performance of Annie in this episode. Yeah. And I i don't know.
1: I just think she did a really great job. I agree. I think she like conveys that she does care about Vaughn. She conveys that she's not only grown as a person, but wants to continue to grow more. Mm-hmm. Not too shabby. we we'll talk about it
0: more as it develops. And a lot of it is her performance, Alison Bree's performance that does the heavy lifting. But there's almost nothing... That bothers me about Annie's storyline in this episode. Yeah, in an episode that with all the other similar threads, they drop them, and they don't with this one. So that's something to watch as we're going through. I think Mm -hmm. now we got to It feels like so far this review has been like, "This is good. The water's nice. We're waiting for it to," (laughs) (laughs) and thus (laughs) it
1: begins. Well, now we're. uh, You think this is where it begins? I think this is where. Actually, no, not quite. It's, Let's it's see. still fine Let's for now. Let's
0: see. Jeff and Britta are talking on a bunk bed. I believe they're in Abed's dorm during this kegur that's happening. <laughs> no, you're right. This might be where Isn't it starts. Isn't that where it starts? Because yep. Jeff and Britta are sitting next to each other talking about something random, about like missing each other over the summer or something like that. And I get what the writers are trying to pull a joke on here. Jeff tries to do the whole grab a wisp of the pretty girl's hair out of her face, like that pre-kiss kind of thing, and it just drops flat, and it should. Why did he do that? It was out
1: of nowhere. It was a whole hand coming at her face. And then the
0: show gets to to do a joke about why that doesn't work and why it's awkward as Britta does it to another girl.
1: But why did Jeff do this? Why did Jeff do that? Especially because we haven't addressed them sleeping together at paintball at all since mm-hmm. it happened they said they were going to mm-hmm. drop it they didn't talk about it the next episode so here we are mm-hmm. you know post coitus post coitus and while jeff's like revisiting his potential feelings for slater yeah i don't know why he chose this moment i he's maybe had a a, a brewski or two he's he's slammed back a a schnagger. A you know he's a he's tossed a a, a brewski down the old windpipe. but he's, that... got, he's had the old slap and tickle this evening. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you just grab the shit out of Britta's face at this public party on a bottom bunk, chief. Well, yeah, there are a lot of maybes that could
0: make this scene work better that the show doesn't give us, so it doesn't. Uh, Like what you say about how, sure, there's probably some stuff going on between Jeff and Britta, but we haven't seen or talked about any of it. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a show that doesn't like to dabble on stuff like that, and I prefer it as such, but if you're going to do a moment like this, you've got to let us know that something is going on in their heads. Yeah. Like, it's very possible that the whole thing with Slater is making Jeff revisit, well, like, what about what's maybe going on with Britta? What do I want to do? But the show doesn't... Jeff is just really jeff in this episode and we're not seeing much of a conflict it's like this stuff is happening to him he's rolling
1: with the punches i guess yeah but eventually you know yeah
0: this is where it starts you were right this is the scene where this starts Mm -hmm. uh britta of course gets to prove that the hair pull is alarming And it is. But, of course, Britta did it from behind someone who she's not talking to. Yeah. So it doesn't work so well. And this is where it gets real. (laughs) That doesn't work for me in this episode. How come – I get that now they're – oh, my God. They're trying to set up this love triangle. Yeah. And I get that they're kind of trying to pull – Shots at stuff like Dawson's Creek and like shows like that. It's like they're almost doing a themed episode of something like that. Yeah. But it's not like a paintball episode. It's just the characters, and it feels more true to the the to the continuity and canon of the show. So it's a lot harder to write off like when people like when people get killed in paintball or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. And I don't like how every time a, a love triangle scene is being hinted at, they're both there for
1: some reason. Well, Slater specifically both talks about Jeff at the same time. not yeah? mingling with students. Like, that was like her whole platform that she was on when you first meet her. Like, she stands strong. She went to the faculty party. She was going to go home to not deal with the student stuff that was going on because she's not mm-hmm. a student, she's a faculty member. So now she just wanders into Abed's kegger, and it's totally fine. End of the year, randomly wandering, you know, like you do. Like, even if she was, like, hoping to see Jeff, like, you want to do it here at this dorm room kegger? Is that really awkward? You two aren't, oh, no, we're not. You two, oh, no, we're
0: not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Britta and Slater do uh, that kind of stereotypical girls that like the same guy, like, eyeing each other up and down and sizing each other up it's really not a good shade on Britta who's never seemed to be a character to do something like this at all no how have how many times this season has she been like oh I don't like Jeff that much it doesn't bother me when he's with other girls even if she does feel that way uh why would it make sense all of a sudden for her to be kind of catty even if she is absorbing this maybe being into the transfer queen thing it doesn't make sense for her to well, be this caddy. And it definitely doesn't do any favors for Slater's character no. who you really don't know that much about. And all of a sudden she's like being pretty
1: mean to Britta And I will say that like Slater had a little bit of cattiness in her in the Halloween episode. Sure. But other than that, she was pretty, you know, fine. And I like Slater quite a bit leading up to this episode, but I think she really shows like a really like poorer character in this episode. And then we get Shirley coming in. It's interrupted by (laughs)
0: Shirley who just did her first keg stand and she can't feel her legs. I read something online on the community wiki that was an interesting way to look at this. Do you remember the episode in season two that's Troy's birthday and they all go to a bar? Yes. And a lot of it hinges on uh, Shirley used to be an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and it used to be the bar that she frequented and she felt weird being there. Some people wonder maybe is this something that's – Not super on purpose, but it tracks well with Shirley. Yeah. That she's kind of weird around vices, but she breaks sometimes.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I could see that. I think
0: that is a nice building towards something like that moment. Yeah. Now we're at the formal. It's only like a third of the way through the episode, and we're already at this formal that's going to take up. The rest of it. Which is terrifying, Um,
1: Zach, because a lot of my issues I have with this episode take place at the formal, and I thought it came a little later, but here we are. Yeah, and also a lot of my favorite things about this episode are in the formal,
0: too. Like, I can think of probably easy three things that I don't like that are in the formal, and also three things that are awesome that are in the formal. Yeah. We start with another thing that's mirroring earlier episodes, as they've been doing this whole episode. Uh, Pierce is in a tux, Chevy's really looking suave for a moment, and we're getting a reprise of Greendale's The Way It Goes. Uh, (laughs) They've really decorated the cafeteria nicely for this formal. It does actually look quite formal. And I love right here the little dance that the Dean does while he's listening to Pierce do his song. Everything the Dean does from the rest of the episode on is great as an MC of the dance, as his dates begin to arrive to the dance. I love everything about the Dean in this episode.
1: Yeah, the Dean like really, really shines for me, especially at the whole dance. And I'm happy about how much we get to see of him and how I think this episode especially like We've gotten a lot of little glimpses at, at the Dean that he becomes, but this one especially we get a good look at kind of how the oh, Dean yeah. evolves. Oh <laughs> yeah, who the Dean is,
0: what he's into, this is the Dean now, and he has been quite a bit recently in in the series, but man is the Dean funny in this episode, yeah. and boy can Jim Rash just make anything hilarious, oh my God. no matter yeah. what he does. He's reminding everyone to vote, he says Tranny a couple more times, unfortunately, he pitches that the Greendale's doing summer classes, which are a great way. And then all of a sudden he sees it. He sees <laughs> the first Dalmatian enter into the room. And I love this bit of how he's going through this pre-prepared speech. You know this dance is really important to him. And then the second, he's like, oh, my God. And he, drops, <laughs> he puts the mic down and he walks very quickly. He's like, yep, this is for me. you yep. are here for me, <laughs> guys. Come on. Man, is that so funny. Uh, just another example of something that I think this episode does well enough to keep it from being bottom of the bottom mm-hmm. for me is a lot of these funny jokes that we're seeing all season long and a couple of the re- emotional things we've been seeing all season long are bubbling to the surface. Now, I think it does a lot better with the jokes than what it does with the emotional stuff. But what it does with the jokes works so well for me that I'm willing to forgive some of the stuff that doesn't. Yeah. Annie's telling the group that she's uh, leaving for the summer and that she's going to spend time with Vaughn. And everyone's receptive of it. Uh, Ovid's like, yeah, this is a good end of the season uh, uh, storyline. And they kind of leave it at that. Annie takes Jeff to the side and entrusts and him with the information that she's not just going to Delaware for the summer, that she's intending on staying there, that she's intending on transferring. And Annie transferring as a conflict is something this show does all the time. Yeah. Like probably every season, maybe give or take one of them. Mm-hmm. And it works this time because we haven't seen it before, but But, because I know they do it a bunch of times, it's harder and harder to buy every time. Yeah. I like that she gives this information to Jeff first, that uh, Jeff is someone who – they've had a couple of storylines this season that haven't opened up their romantic history that much. But have bonded them and they trust each other and they can speak openly to each other. And Jeff is an adult who will treat Annie like an adult when other people don't all the time. Regardless of any sexual implication to it, there's a bond between the two of them. And Annie explains to him, which I really like the way Allison delivers this speech, mm-hmm. about how she's never been impulsive. It took her three months to decide on a new backpack, but she wants to be impulsive. She wants to go with Vaughn. She wants to see what's going. She she wants to do something big. And I think it's really great. And I also think Jeff's line of, for your and Vaughn's sake, I, I, I hope it, it does well for you. But for the study group's sake... I hope it fails because I'll miss you. I think yeah, that's this really sweet. I like that. It's really lot. nice. And then we get one of the best runners of the episode. <laughs> I think this episode for like, you know what we didn't do? Talk about our funniest we moment of the yet. episode. So what I want to say is I think for me it's a total showdown between Troy and his giant cookie and the Dean and his two Dalmatians. Oh, it's dudes. absolutely
1: a showdown between those. If I had to pick just one moment, I would go with the – arrival of the second dalmatian for me ever so slightly over troy with a stomach ache continuing to eat the cookie
0: (laughs) i think i might have to go with the dean as well but i do love the constant runner of the cookie getting a little bit smaller yeah uh troy still eating it but clearly (laughs) becoming ill i don't know if it's really (laughs) troy or donald but it works for the episode and i love how it starts here where obviously this is a cookie cake and it hasn't been cut (laughs) for anyone yet And he walks up to Jeff and Annie's moment and says, can you believe no one's taken this cookie yet? And just picks up the whole cookie cake. It's really funny. It's amazing. And boy, could I go for a nice chocolate chip cookie. Oh, yeah.
1: I'd like a cookie right now.
0: I do live across from a grocery store. What are the odds that I go right across there and buy myself a whole cookie cake after this is done? I think they're
1: about the same odds as me walking right out after this and going to get a, a honey bun. Hmm. We'll
0: see what what my other half thinks about us having a cookie cake in the house after this episode. There we Um, go. (laughs) But I love the way way that this starts and how he thinks it is just for anyone to take and walks away with it. We're blessed right after that with another Chang and Duncan scene. Um, Duncan kind of teasing Chang on his loss of position, making Chang more angry. And Chang is ready to punch Duncan. He's ready to Mm -hmm. make this physical and take it outside. But Duncan has this power over him now because they're no longer equal. Cheng's a student, and he can be kicked out if this happens.
1: I want to make a note. Props to sure. uh, Ken Jong here. I think that that like build up to the punch was really cool looking. It. I mean, I don't know. I I like the way he, he acted did a good that. job
0: with it. You could see it festering. Yeah, and 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 how what Duncan is saying just irks yeah. him little bit by little bit until he can't. And apparently this line here where Chang says, uh, I'll find a loophole, then I'll kill you, apparently that's a reference to Lost. Ah. But I've only seen the first season and a half of Lost, so I can't relate. Yeah, I saw commercials for the
1: first episode.
0: It's kind of like Lost is on the list of shows that I know I need to watch, and I know I'll love it if I do, right there with like The Wire and Game of Thrones of shows that it just seems like a thing, kind of like how I know I need to watch Casablanca and Citizen Kane, but like I don't know if I can ever bring Odyssey. myself to watch Citizen Kane.
1: I like, I know that it's a really good movie. People say,
0: yeah, apparently all these people say it, but I've yet to meet one. <laughs> My favorite film is Citizen Kane. If you can message us and honestly tell us that you've watched Citizen Kane, a hundred entries into the giveaway.
1: <laughs> if you could give not, us, not really though, like yeah. voidware prohibited, a genuine like not copy pasted review and synopsis of Citizen Kane. I will personally stuff your name in the box that we're going to pull the name out of in the hat that we're going to write everybody's name in and drop it into. I will put your name in there a few extra times. I feel like every person who has ever said Citizen Kane is their favorite film of all
0: time is a, indie white film student who has never seen Citizen Kane but doesn't want to say their favorite film is Pulp Fiction like
1: all the other white kids that are saying what their favorite movie they're like is. They're like the fifth one in class who like, gets called on to say their favorite movie and they're like, shit, I gotta think of something. Okay, they, they took- Who
0: made movies other than Tarantino?
1: <laughs> uh,
0: Can I say Django? <laughs> But yeah, that's a long walk from saying that I really like that little moment. (laughs) Then we get a moment between Duncan and Jeff. I think Ian Duncan is so well served in this episode as kind of like how Troy walking around with his cookie cake, like community say, kind of interlopes with every storyline. Duncan kind of does too. He really does. He has a little moment where he talks with each of the characters. And it's kind of interesting the way this episode sets up Greendale is like, a fluid campus and the storylines are going on at the same campus and different people as they're going throughout their day like weave between their stories. Yeah. I think that works pretty well in this episode. Like
1: this episode has perfect attendance. I feel like somebody's always like homesick the other days, you know? Cuz like we get the study group but like it's so cool seeing like all the teachers and mm-hmm. ex-people that we like just like popping up organically like they are. I mean other than Jeff's walk down the hallway of friendship. Like, a couple of the things are a little bit ham-fisted yeah. the way that they
0: put them in, but everyone being at the dance like this it's and cool. like the staff interacting, it, it is really cool. Duncan barely has a second to talk to, to Jeff before he starts saying, I'd go with you on that punch if I was you.
2: i put in a little hot person, hot people, the two of them coming this way. Which one do you want?
0: <laughs> and now we're to where it just keeps going downhill. Both Britta and Slater walk up to Jeff at the same time, they they scale each other down to each other again. I do kind of like the line where Britta says really cattily to, to Slater. Oh, you look gorgeous. I bet that took all, all day. day. And they just like laugh and like oh I want to kill you. Yeah. And this is th- then there's the shot where they just keep rubbing his face. They're both cleaning dirt over it. These women are human beings. No one's gonna do this. This isn't how anything works. This isn't true to life at all, mm-hmm. and it's so stereotyped yeah. sitcom trope in the way that this show prides itself on being above that. Well,
1: and it couldn't even be saved by the actual funny joke, which is John Oliver then smearing mustard on his face because he wanted the attention from the girls too. Because that's you know they're doing it because they genuinely want to clean Jeff's mm-hmm. face. Obviously, <laughs> so do like, I have anything? I'm like yeah, you're fine. <laughs> that
0: is a funny joke. And a foreshadowing to in season five when Britta can only be taken seriously by people if she has mustard smeared on her face. True. Hey guys, I know we're talking through the drugs of this episode, but that special performance by our musical guest Sting is just around the corner. Yeah, so sit tight. So just hold on. It's
1: coming soon. It'll be there. Mm
0: -hmm. Now I just know I'm gonna have to figure out what a sting like a Sting song
1: is after this to put in. Wow, wow, wow! I don't think I know a single song. Wow, we need to talk. Cause Sting has some great solo work. Tin Sumner's Tales, great album.
0: It's really nice of Sting to just be in the waiting room of our Zoom call for the two and a half hours. Yeah, he it takes requested us to, to join to about an hour and a half
1: ago, uh, yeah. and he's mm-hmm. he's gonna wait some more because this is about us right mm-hmm. now. Your time will come, Sting. Anyway, <laughs> don't stand. The only reason he's oh, I know that one. The only
0: reason he's willing to do this is so he can get an extra uh, entry into that giveaway. Yeah, he so we'll really wants those stickers. All right, so Troy is uh, beginning his his journey <laughs> through this cookie, and this is when Pierce comes up to him, uh, gives his rundown of all the other people in the study group, and mostly the, how he describes them by their type Rain of Man groups. is what he called Abed. Rain Man he calls Abed, and he's saying that they're a family, they need to stick together. Obviously because of what happened earlier, Pierce just feels disconnected from all of this and he wants to feel like part of the family. Is the rest of them are really a family. So Pierce says to Troy that he has an offer to make him. Now we get a scene that might be my favorite scene in the whole episode of Abed alone in the study room. And he's giving like
1: the season series finale vibes yeah, I'm, as he's
0: leaving school for the last time this year. I
1: have not seen Cheers, especially not the finale of Cheers, but I'm assuming that uh, he must Ted Danson must go last is call and then turn off. Yeah, the how the show
0: ends and how a lot of shows end. There's a moment in The Scrubs, what was supposed to be the series finale, mm-hmm. where JD turns off the lights in the in the hospital yeah. and everyone's like, "We still work here." <laughs> 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 Uh, but this is great. It's a nice moment for Aved. It's it's totally true to his character that when he's alone in the room, he'd take a moment to do that. Mm-hmm. I think the scene is really cute and sweet. Community had this thing of like every season, they felt like there was a good chance their season finale could be a series finale. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of the least of those. I think yeah. there was more of a chance that they were getting a second season when they produced this episode. But this is the one scene that has a little bit of the series finale vibes of this were to be a series finale. Thank God this is not the end of this
1: beautiful God, series, though. God. It would not be remembered as well, I think, if this were the ending of it. That's tough to say, because a lot of people, this is their favorite season of Community.
0: I think there's a chance it would be remembered well in like the vein of something like Freaks and Geeks, of like, oh, it's just such a shame that this show didn't move on faster but it wouldn't have the cultural relevance that it still yeah. has if it didn't get to go on for the six seasons that it did. Mm-hmm. After that little moment with Abed, Troy walks into the darkened study group room and, and calls him out on it. And, and Abed says that he's giving things a finale vibe. And here we get – they get to have an emotional conversation about their feelings. Troy reveals what what Pierce just told him and says that Pierce has invited him to live with him in his mansion, which is something that could make sense a lot for both of those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Abed dutifully says, well, it's not so much a a season finale vibe, that's more spinoff vibe, but suggests that his friend does it, and Choi is able to say, you know what, I thought we were friends, and he's like really trying to get across what he's been trying to say this whole time, and Abed has a really great speech where he explains why he feels the way that he does. We are best friends. That's why we shouldn't be roommates. We'll end up fighting and putting a masking tape line down the middle of our room. We just won't get masking tape. Troy, you should live with someone who you like, but whose friendship wouldn't be altered because of constant irritation. That's Pierce. If you and I move in, we jump the shark. That'll end it. Well, maybe you're ending it. Oh, and for the record, there was an episode of Happy Days where a guy literally
2: jumped over a shark, and it was the
0: best one. It's a really thoughtful, moment between these friends that this show does so well and it has all of the jokes peppered in that community like they can't ever take anything too yeah. seriously so there's good jokes about on happy days there was an episode where a guy <laughs> literally jumped over a shark when of course that's where jumping yeah. the shark comes have from. have you ever seen that place. episode of
1: happy days no it's is it the best it's one hilarious hilarious i don't bad. know i've ever i don't know that i've ever like
0: purposefully watched a full episode of happy
1: days i've watched more happy days than i probably should have it's fine hey i like the Fonz. i like henry winkler henry winkler's great in many things have you watched barry yes i love barry i want more good. barry yeah, i think you told me we talked yeah, about Barry i asked You've you when it, when it was coming back and you said henry
0: winkler and henry winkler has a great track record he's so good in arrested development mm-hmm. as their lawyer but i think Barry is my favorite of any Henry Winkler performance.
1: I think so, too. He's so good in it. He's also a well-rounded guy, um, a pretty good children's author. I remember I had a book when I was a kid that was by Henry Winkler. Oh, yeah. He has a couple picture books, doesn't Mm -hmm. he? Interesting. Yeah.
0: Hey. They said in the commentary that they really pride themselves on scenes like this because it's so in tune for the show, for the characters to be having emotional conversations about their problems, but one of the characters is holding a giant cookie that's (laughs) moon-shaped that he's been eating. Yeah. So there's always a little bit of ridiculous on top of the sweetness. And this moment works very well. You're right that the Troy and Abed storyline works really, really well. Yeah. And even the Pierce Mansion thing works. works well because that's something they continue with in season two. And that works pretty well. I think so too. Now we're in the bathroom. The winner of type of queen that I'm not willing to say anymore is getting closer and closer to being announced and Shirley is kind of gussying Britta up. Shirley's always the person who brings up like feelings about Jeff to Britta. Mm-hmm. Always. always. And it's again this year, so this doesn't bother me that much. She very smartly just says, hey, how do you feel about Jeff and Slater getting back together? Because she knows it's going to make Britta what? Because she sees what's going on and knows that something's going on. Mm -hmm. And Shirley psychs up Britta to do something and say something or else they're going to get back together. Because Jeff and Slater have slept together and you guys haven't as far as she knows. So if anything happens, it's over. You've got to make it happen. And this is when the bomb drops and Britta reveals slyly that that they've slept together before.
1: Holy macaroni with pepper jack. Yeah, she likes to mention pepper jack on top
0: of macaroni. That's not the first time she said that this season. Mm -mm. Makes me want some. Britta spills some details. Uh, Shirley is rightfully disgusted that it happened in the study room. You know, they study there. (laughs) And, yeah. That, not a lot going on here, I think part of this is again, like the Duncan scene in the beginning of the episode sets up some of brita 's behavior. I yeah. think some of what Shirley says here is psyching up Britta to say what she 's soon to say when she goes on stage
1: yeah, i also I like that a you know post Kegstand and Shirley was able to walk in on that situation and sense i 'm sure anyone in the room could sense the uh situation there, but she was very like, "Oh, okay, this is why Britta is now all of a sudden." wanting to be a beauty queen when she's very against that on the normal
0: Right. So the show really does do the work in this episode to try to take the walk to make this character development for Britta work, but it still just doesn't for me. And I've got to give them credit for trying so hard because they did set up plenty of reasons for it to happen, but we're getting really close to why I think it doesn't, Mm -hmm. I believe. It it mostly has to do with her action. (laughs) Yeah, that, yeah. And in, in how she acts out on it. Not so much of what they're setting up. Now we, we cut to a very beautiful couple. What a beautiful
1: uh, frozen image. For, for, our, for our Patreon subscribers, we'll make sure to send you a signed print of this. Um, but it's a beautiful shot of, uh, of Dean holding his, his Dalmatian uh, companion close and, and slow dancing just with bliss on his face.
0: It's very beautiful. He looks so happy. And, <laughs> and, and I like how the, the, the mascot, the guy in the Dalmatian costume, like, mumbles and stuff but doesn't say any real words. Because the Dean's like, do you believe in true love? And he says, mm-hmm. And then he kind of nods and mumbles a little bit more. Uh, just as Scandal, another Dalmatian mascot. And I really appreciate that they got a different style of a costume totally for different the second mask, Dalmatian. Dude. It's great. Uh, his second date shows up, and he—the dean's just declared, you know, like soulmate level to, to his <laughs> first date, and he he scrambles and says, "Um, okay, now don't be mad at me. I didn't think that more than one person would answer Aww. the ad. Yes, dream coming true.
1: <laughs> Aw, it's so beautiful. Look at Vaughn.
0: He's so ready for Delaware. He's got his guitar strapped onto him. He's getting ready to leave, and Annie's saying her." Goodbyes to everyone. I thought this moment, again, Allison and Brie knocked it out of the mm-hmm. park. They do a great job of it being, obviously we know Annie's still going to be on the show, but it's Annie saying goodbye to these friends that she's made over the last year. Yeah. And she's saying goodbye to them for what they think is a short period of time, but in reality, in this moment, is for good, probably. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that through annie that that she's saying goodbye to these people potentially for the last time troy and annie share a nice high five pierce really wants for it <laughs> wants a hug but it doesn't really go that direction pierce is totally the guy in high school who would have been where's my hug at though yep
1: where's that hug where's my hug can i get a hug though
0: and, and i feel like whenever i say those words i can just sense like every woman in america cringe you know what i mean yeah not a fan I was always so scared to say anything to women ever because I didn't want to be the where's my hug guy. Right. But Steven, where's my hug at, though? You know exactly
1: where your hug's at.
0: (laughs) I just want an excuse for our breasts to touch against each other. Yeah, you got it. It's season finale. It's time. Yeah. It's time. But yeah, Pierce doesn't get a hug. Um, Shirley and Annie hug they 're all having it. I love the the friend handshake that Abed and Annie do with each it's other, cute. and then Annie and Jeff get to share a truly sweet goodbye because Jeff knows what this is it it's not quite to this level at all, but it's almost parallels of Steve Carell's last episode of the office. When Jim knows he's saying goodbye to Michael for good, yeah, but everyone else thinks it's just for a small period of time, and they're like having that moment without showing it to everyone else that's around them. Uh, it, there are 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 slight things to this. This is a of an episode that gets most of the emotional stuff wrong. This was nice. I'm just gonna say it as we're getting deeper into it. Of an episode that gets most of the emotional stuff wrong. I think it gets all of the Annie and by proxy Jeff and Annie stuff right in this episode.
1: I don't totally agree with that, but I I, I think that they get the first 80% of it. Hell, they get the first 95% of it right in my book.
0: I think 100%, but I know what you're talking about. Everyone knows what we're talking about. We'll get there pretty soon. Mm-hmm. There's a funny line when when Annie uh, is saying bye to Jeff and is like, well, even though you didn't want me in the study group, and, and Pierce just chimes in, <laughs> nobody wanted you in the study group. I, I say things nobody else will say. That has value. <laughs> I was like, shut up, old man. Right? Troy is making a lot of progress on that cookie. It, We've a kind of half scary amount. Like less, it's a sliver left. <laughs> what do you think the caloric intake would be on one entire cookie cake? Um, because oftentimes a chocolate chip cookie can be upwards of three to five hundred calories depending wow. on, on your cookie. Then that is probably like I would thousands. wager that, okay, so you're supposed to eat like, you're supposed to eat like fifteen hundred calories a day. I would wager that that's like three days worth of calories. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to look it up and see if I can find it out really quick.
1: (laughs) How many calories in giant cookie?
0: Well, in this cookie cake, one slice has 580 calories. All right. So I would imagine, it doesn't say how many slices there are in total, but I would imagine eight? Yeah, at least. Ish? At least. So that's like 4,000 calories. So 580 times 8 is, yeah, 4,640 calories divided by 1,500. Yeah, that I was right on it. That's over three days of yeah, calorie intake that Troy has taken in today. I bet he feels just terrible. Just awful, yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to buy one after this. Yeah. Annie and Vaughn leave. Vaughn gives a nice final somber late, see you later. And it's funny as they're walking away, you hear the rest of the study group like rattle off their three goodbyes. Yeah. And you hear Pierce say like, Eight. <laughs> he's like, see you later. Sayonara. <laughs> nice, uh, nice, nice, nice to know ya. <laughs> Another little Duncan scene. This one I think is also very funny. It's when he gives his, like, types of, of lingo that he has for sex, and he's oh, kind of trying to f- come on to Slater. A spot and, of slap and tickle. And this part's really awkward, but I think it's so funny. Yeah. The actor, he, uh, he swings and misses on Slater. He knocks over this tray of party food. Yeah. He he just he just knocks over a whole like shrimp tray and <laughs> he doesn't really even do it out of anger. He's just kind like, of oh, like, "Oh, I'm, I'm a cool guy. Look at now. me. I don't care about that." And they don't explain it or react to it. He just whoop. And I think it's a very funny Duncan mm-hmm. moment. Now we're on the stage. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to the the moments that I keep hoping don't come uh the dean is about to announce the the 36 votes have been counted for the transfer queen and we're about to find out who it was uh slater comes up again to britta who's waiting the results to kind of threaten her again and says what me and jeff have are real and you're just you're just kidding yourself. your
1: sex didn't mean anything our sex meant everything
0: He used you to not numb the pain – or to numb the pain of not getting with me, Britta says. What do you think of this? This is bad, I hate
1: all of it. Yeah, this is all bad. Even when Britta's, like, saying a thing about, like, you know, he doesn't want somebody that doesn't wear underwear because Oprah said not to. He wants someone who doesn't wear underwear because she hasn't done laundry in three weeks. And I'm like – And then refers to herself
0: as flavor country. Yeah, that
1: that was like, whoa there –
0: They should retire the table they did it on. As always, even when community is doing something bad, like the writing is good. It's just – I don't know. It's just not good for these women characters. I don't think it's bad for Britta. I like how hard they tried to set up what Britta is feeling, but it just still seems so opposite of the character that we've seen
1: all of these 25 episodes. Exactly. They've spent the previous 24 episodes – with the exception of like a couple of moments building up that Britta did not have a deep emotional like thing to Jeff. And even if she did, she certainly wasn't planning on acting on it in any sort of way.
0: Britta went from being a character in the beginning of the show that was one of the, one of the least realized characters to becoming a character that they did really well with to kind of going back to it here at the end. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the season two premiere in a long time, but I remember not being super crazy about where it continues as they keep this cliffhanger going, so it's a little disappointing, but there's still a lot of gold in here. The Dean it calls Britta's name while, while Britta and, and Slater are talking, so this leads to a pretty funny moment yeah. where she thinks she's won, and it's just been announced that she's won, so she says I just won a contest for being hot goes up to the crowd and takes the microphone from the Dean, starts giving her acceptance speech, and she definitely hasn't won it's really awkward. Yeah it is <laughs> Dean takes the mic back. He's like, well, you still haven't won anything yet, so (laughs) go away. Not a great time to get cocky, he says. Christine Hollinsworth is another one of the names that I couldn't come up with. Brittany Baker, Miss Danielle Harmon. Britta, now that she's just been... Another thing is they don't even... They really dropped the embarrassing moment that she just had. Yeah. Like how devastating that moment would be. Well, Ann Slater literally immediately walked over and kissed Jeff on the lips. Yeah, and and gets Britta all nice and triggered and hot and bothered, and she goes back up, takes the microphone again, and this is the moment. This Oof. is the shot heard around the world. This is where this finale went from walking a tight line with what they were doing to jumping right yeah. off of it. She grabs the microphone and says in front of everyone, Jeff, we, and it gets worse than this, I think, too. Uh, I think it there does. are worse moments after
1: this. It gets worse. This is This is like... It was spiraling, kind of like wavy, like you said, toeing a line, and then it just like not
0: spiraling. Now it's spiraling. It this was the start of the tightrope walking, yeah, and it's fallen off. Yeah, it's it's plummeting, and yeah, she says verbatim,
1: "Jeff Winger, do not get back with Slater. I love you."
0: And just the look on Britta's face as she delivers it, I don't believe it. This just does not make sense for this character. It doesn't make sense for the relationship dynamics Jeff and Britta have ever had. She even could have said something just along the lines of like, Jeff, don't get don't do that. I need to tell you about my feelings for you. But saying I love you. That's where they messed
1: it up. If they had like bad. not said I love you, then maybe they could have like had it tracked because Britta's not the type of person to say I love you in a relationship anyway. Like that. I was just thinking that I believe that Annie could sporadically
0: say "I love you" to someone like this, but Britta, I could see having trouble with it, even when it's yeah. well into the
1: relationship and time to start saying stuff. So like why, that. when her entire like thing, like they slept together once and have had no conversation or any talk about romantic between the two of them since then, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. she loves him? And Britta, just as much as Jeff, was like, we don't have to talk.
0: about She, I think, was the one who said, yeah. we'll never talk about this again. Didn't happen. Not a good moment. <laughs> but it is the moment where Chang compliments Britta on her <laughs> lips and says that it looks better. <laughs> because earlier in the she episode, look, he, he said he, he, she looked like a coin purse got, or something like that. Yikes. So there's the dramatic cut to commercial break. We come back. It's been a few moments. Everyone is quiet and staring at Jeff. This is another moment that didn't work for me at all. Why does Jeff just sit there blankly for so long? He could have left the room here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, why is he why is all this stuff happening to him and he's not taking any ownership of anything? He's just duh. duh. you know Yeah,
1: he's smittying right now. He's doing What's the thing from SpongeBob like the orb of, of- Confusion, whatever it's called.
0: Confusion. Yeah. They turn it on, everyone uh, That's literally <laughs> that's what happened. Literally to him. the entire Greendale campus right now. Excuse me. The entire Greendale campus right now. <sighs> <laughs> it does allow for this funny Troy moment. Troy is still finishing up that cookie. And in this moment specifically, if you watch every bite that Donald takes of that cookie, you see him wince as yeah. he does it. Uh but he has a very funny moment with Jeff when he's like, hey man, so literally everyone in this entire room wants to know what you're gonna say, so <laughs> if you could like say something, that'd be great. <laughs> and Jeff isn't just isn't phased by any of this, it doesn't he's look, just look sitting like there. he's kind of thinking about it I don't Keep know. Keep in mind, Slater, very... who he very
1: recently—I guess not even that super recently—who knows—but broke up with just came and kissed him on the lips two seconds ago, mm-hmm. and still nothing from that. Slater's just kind of standing mm-hmm. there. Troy's reaching a gap with the cookie. He
0: <laughs> he makes a sad face, and Jeff asks, "What's wrong with you?" He's like, "Oh, I'm sick," but I have no idea why. <laughs>
1: what do you think it is? Takes another bu- huge oh, bite my of gosh. The cookie. I hope for his. Oh no, he didn't spit it immediately out. It's just sitting there. Oh. And I love so much that they let the giant cookie
0: be what teaches Troy a lesson (laughs) about his friendship with Abed.
2: How can something that's delicious make me sick? Unless too much of a good thing is actually a bad thing. My friendship with Abed is a giant cookie. Look, I kinda got my own thing going on right now, okay? Oh yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: he learns a better lesson. Really like than Jeff, Britta, or Slater do this episode.
0: I really like that a lot, actually. It's good for him to come to that realization.
1: <laughs> my friendship with that. He's like, I kind of got my own thing going on right now. Jeff and
0: Slater are just staring at each other. Britta's still holding the mic near the stage, looking at them. It's really awkward. Jeff approaches Britta to make a statement.
1: Uh, he doesn't
0: really have anything to say, though.
1: I don't know. I still don't like this. First of all, I'm flattered.
0: Second, haven't you ever heard of email? It's like, come on, Jeff. Not a great time to
1: workshop your Type (laughs) Yeah. Also, Jeff, it is 2010. The iPhone was a thing at this point, buddy. But that's okay. I don't know. The way Joel delivers his, like, you love me
0: seems like a fair, like, that did not... Yeah, I was not expecting that from you at all. And then Britta just continues to act totally false. Do you love She's me? like, I love you. Do you love me? Check yes, no, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't
1: know. And then in charges... Actually, I, I do know.
0: I don't not know. I do know. This is bad. Yeah. It's bad character work for Britta. And, then, uh... and it's a bad ramping up of the plot lines for the season. It's really disappointing that this is what they're doing with all of this. Mm-hmm. And any interest really... Even though I feel good about the last thing that happens with two characters, uh, the girl that's not involved in this lo- in, in this love triangle with Britta and Slater, I'm okay with that moment. But all of the bad work that they do here with this love triangle strips away any fleeting hope I had of like them doing relationships believably and and relationship drama in a way that makes me feel compelled. It's just not happening for this show.
1: Well, because. I mean, we'll talk more about it at the end, but there would be major ramifications for everything that's happened in literally the last two minutes, 28 seconds, Zach. That's all it's taken Mm -hmm. for this to go to shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Slater now comes up to Jeff and says, oh, well, I guess I love you too, since
0: we're all just throwing around stuff. Uh, Slater's line of, oh, do you have a patent on loving
1: people is funny, but there's no reason for them to be saying they love this man. This is the same Jeff Winger who, like, his big hurdle that he accomplished, like, romantics-wise this season was being in a relationship, like, actually calling mm-hmm. it, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this tracks. just come up tell me you love him. That's going to really, really win. Also, at the beginning of this episode, at the beginning of this day that this dance was happening, neither
0: of these people were romantically entangled with Jeff at all. There might be a little bit of underlying with both of them, but nothing was going on from what it seemed, even after Britta and Jeff hooked up after football. And then now sixteen minutes and thirty-nine seconds of an episode later, they're both in love with him. Come
1: on. You know what they say. Come on. Love it twenty-fifth sight. Love by the fourth ad break. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Then he just tells Slater to go stand over there. It's like, hey, you go
0: away, Britta sit down. I'm still not willing to make any decisions. You know, he, he starts to say something. Oh, no, this is a moment that I think is even worse. This is when absolutely all of a sudden, awful. The people at the party, like the faculty and students split up into choose Britta and choose Slater. I do not at all buy that the the warm, sweet man who is Professor Whitman would be taking a side in something like this and yelling it. I do not believe that Badger from Breaking Bad no. would, would be yelling that Britta's boring. Yeah.
1: I do believe that Starburns it, it's yell, It's funny that Starburns Conan yells,
0: back. bring Conan back for two reasons. This was when that was all going on, where Conan had been hired and fired from The Tonight Show to be re-replaced with Jay Leno, yeah. who decided to come back to the show. And Dino, who plays Starburns, was a writer for Conan for a while. Oh, really? I think we had talked mm. about that, but I forgot. So that's kind of funny. Mm. Jeff starts to talk. It is also funny how the Dean's like, hey, we can't hear you, so I'm just sure. going <laughs> to speak right up here and give you this microphone. And Jeff, I see kind of what they're trying to do here. It's time for the winger speech. You know, We've been learning and patenting the, wing, the winger mm-hmm. speech throughout this first season. There's a big conflict. It all circles around Jeff. It's time for him to talk to everyone and make sense of it to everyone. And he doesn't know. He doesn't have anything to say. He is attracted to, has feelings for both of these people, probably isn't in love with either of them and just decides to leave the situation. Oh. <sighs> Everyone boos. Everyone boos. And like a lot of things in this episode, John Oliver shows to save right? it. <laughs> he takes the microphone from Jeff's hand and says, come on, guys, I've got this under control. I know where this is going now. And we get the most amazing musical moment of community so far. Oh, the the Professor Duncan rap is is one of my favorite things of this episode
1: for sure i would like to rap for you
0: dean's like oh no and he says drop a beat and the dj's like you got it <laughs> and then he starts his Uh-oh.
2: Uh-oh. my name is ian duncan and i'm here to say i'm going to rap to the beat in a rapping way i got a real big penis and i drink lots of tea okay.
0: Okay. it's it's phenomenal <laughs> it's phenomenal i love it the dean cuts him off, yells at him. <laughs> Duncan <laughs> calls out the dean on his Dalmatian fetish in front of everyone. And the dean has this beautiful line of like, oh, okay, that's, that's an, an oversimplification. oversimplification. <laughs> <laughs> and you are suspended, which effectively makes Duncan not a teacher, which effectively allows Chang to punch him with a roll of quarters. Boom. On the audio commentary, Joe Russo said, yeah, we got this because my friend, my, my brother Anthony, they, they're they kind of like... yeah." They kind of have the same vibe as like gangster dudes a little bit. They're like, my brother Anthony got in a fight and he met up with this kid and he punched Anthony in the face with the roll of quarters. So when we were recording this episode, we thought Chang would be the type of person to do it. Yeah, that's that right. <laughs> I think it's really funny. I like it. So the fight happens, and something that's beautiful to me, instead of like Greendale Security or something, the dean calls <laughs> help for the, me for, for help from the Dalmatians, who then
1: come up and his help. Two
0: Dalmatian. <laughs> lovers, uh, assumedly, come up to to help you security. Something that Donald said in the commentary that was really, really funny. He was like, I don't know if it was supposed to be this way or if it's like anything that has an effect on the episode or not, but both of the dudes in the Dalmatian costume were ripped, bald, black (laughs) And I wonder if that has anything to do with what the Dean's looking for. (laughs) And I thought it was
1: really funny. That's hilarious. Uh,
0: I feel like that's exactly what the Dean's looking for. Oh, man. Troy comes up to Pierce and says he's willing to move in with him. And, and Pierce says, come on over. We'll we'll have my tailor do a uniform for you, Ooh. which is 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 classic old Pierce. Yep. A little bit funny, a little bit alarming. Yeah. You know. It's really the sweet spot. It's weird because just after the episode fell down so hard, all of a sudden it's picking up so fast. And it's such a, a indication of that. The relationships don't work. Yeah, everything the else The stuff doesn't work. When they're focusing on the jokes and, like, the troy Abed Pierce conflict and, and all of this that's ramping up, like the, the Chang finally getting to jump on Duncan, mm-hmm. it all works really, really well. But as soon as the jokes stop for some, some love, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Except for the last moment, which I think kind of works, even though Stephen – I didn't.
1: think that the moment right before the last moment works, and then I think that it – oh, we'll talk about it.
0: Chang's fighting one of the Dalmatians and the other one's trying to pull him off of him. And Jeff kind of takes this as his opportunity to just slink out of the room. While also
1: making eye contact with both of them? With both of the women.
0: And he leaves and goes outside. It's
1: a cool shot. I really
0: like these shots. I was about to say it. The way the curtain closes and it's like a sparkly black curtain. Then it cuts to an overhead shot of outside the cafeteria building. And Jeff walks out to see that Annie is still there. We're here to this moment, let's pick this all apart. Let's pick up everything they say. So Jeff immediately is obviously like, I thought you left, what's going on? You weren't supposed to be here, and he couldn't go. And it was kind of a, as kind of like a graduate, you know? As she was driving away from doing this living in the moment thing, I got a living in the moment feeling of, I shouldn't do this and I should turn away. Mm -hmm. I think it tracks. I almost wish we could have seen that happen. I think that scene between her and Vaughn could have been nice to and see. And because Vaughn I'm is sure such a Vaughn, sweetheart. Like... I'm sure he was hurt, but I'm sure he was like, sure, I'll take you back. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm sure it would have been nice to see. So far, this tracks for me. I, I think we're on the same mm-hmm. page. And she realized that Greendale's where she belongs. There's a really nice music cue of a, uh, a cut that Ludwig's done for Community called Greendale is Where I Belong that they use quite a few times throughout the series, mm-hmm. and it's always really effective. Then Annie's like, you know, why aren't you in the party? And Jeff kind of explains, well, everyone said they're in love with me. Yeah. <laughs> and he's <was> like, really? <laughs> and Jeff says, I ran away. What's working for me here is that Jeff and Annie can be honest with each mm-hmm. other. Annie couldn't tell everyone else that, that she was leaving, and Jeff couldn't tell anyone else that these people are telling him They love him, and he doesn't know how to react to it, and he had to run away. He can't say that. He just runs away. Uh, But it's different with Annie, and they can speak to each other. Uh, You know, he talks about how Slater makes him feel like the type of person that he wants to be, and that Britta makes him feel like the type of person he tends to be, and how they're both good and bad things. But here's Annie, the person who they're each other with each other.
1: And I have no issue with anything Jeff says here. I think he's giving true, honest things. He's like, okay, do I want to be in like uh, a relationship that's going to push me to grow as a person and, and get back to the person that I thought I was before and who I want to mm-hmm. be with Slater, who's older and you know a professor and all this stuff, even though she acts like a child in this episode? Um, or do I go with mm-hmm. Britta, who I can be comfortable with and, and makes me want to you know, know more about who I am because she seems to know herself. And I think, you know, that, and so I, I get the conflict there a hundred percent. You know, I think that, like you said, he didn't feel like he could say that in there. And he always has been able to be honest with Annie. So I'm, I'm for all, all the things that are happening right now. It's a big moment of confusion for Jeff and Annie is a stable person
0: that, that he can, he can hook into and, and they can talk about what's really going on. And, yeah, it's nice to hear Jeff say these things and to come off kind of emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. in a way that he doesn't very often. Uh, and he says, I don't know what you should do. And they bring up this this thought that I think is, is an easy thought to have when you're conflicted and you're like, man, if only I could just, like, do both. Yeah. If only, like, I could try out both scenarios and not have to make this big decision and and, and obviously that's not life. You, you can't just skirt by, and sometimes you have to make mm-hmm. hard decisions. And Jeff's doing the wrong thing by not being straight up with these women who are throwing themselves yeah. at him, regardless of what he's going to do about it. He, he's not being honest with them or being open with them, and that's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they bond over these two lives that they both could have had. You know, Annie one with Vaughn, and, and Jeff one with each of these people. Uh, I don't like Jeff's foursome line. No, because two having of the four versions are Jeff, of... and that tracks, Jeff. but... I feel like that's the two of the four he's most excited about. Yeah, for about. sure. <laughs> they laugh it out. They look back at the school. The lighting in this Pretty scene fantastic. is beautiful. Love the lights on the trees. The way that they've shot this is great. It As this is all of a sudden becoming a surprise romantic moment between a different set up... Uh, all of the all of the makings of a romantic scene were behind them the whole time mm-hmm. but all of a sudden it flips and it, and it, it looks like a rom-com or something uh, Jeff says well I guess I gotta go deal with it Annie says good luck and Allison Brie who I just again I think does her best work of the of the season in this mm-hmm. episode with all of this uh, Jeff is able to say he's glad that she's staying and he's glad too they hug and this time they don't call for it just pat me on the head
1: they they kiss each other okay and okay. i'm still fine with it still fine with it they kiss i'm fine with it stop right here they kiss and they pull away and here's where i am going to say that i take they kiss like briefly, briefly. like really quickly yeah. like a, in the moment like
0: a spur of the moment like britta and jeff's first kiss almost but more sweet
1: than sarcastic exactly and what well, then go i ahead. think that at this moment what should have happened right was Jeff should be like. I Jeff should leave. be like. Well, I already have two people that have confessed their love to me. Maybe should not start making out with a third. Also, Annie, who is friends with Britta, even though they're not necessarily as close as maybe both of them are to Shirley. Ultimately, I think that as a friend of Britta, if Britta literally said she loves him, maybe she shouldn't push past this point, especially when she just got out of a relationship with Vaughn five minutes ago, who she was with for months. But. You know, I think that the first kiss totally warranted, understandable. But it keeps going. They pull back in and have a heated kiss. There's Mm -hmm. some open mouth
0: kissing. They're like, okay. there's some there's some even more uh, more um, heat behind it than I think the times when Jeff and Britta in the paintball in the paintball episode. You can tell that both of them wanted this and weren't afraid to say it, or weren't able to say it, and mm-hmm. now it's just a moment where has happened. Let me say why I disagree with you, because I think all of your points are very valid, but all of those I- reasons why they shouldn't have done this are compelling storytelling things, way more compelling than what we've seen this whole episode with Slater and Britta. I really like the the idea of, I don't know, Jeff is so... Confused and worked up by these beautiful women that he can't decide between, and then Annie's like his solid that he can go talk to, and of course that leads to an attraction and a mm-hmm. moment that just happens. And it, the way they acted, it, it's 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 clear the way that it happens that it's not Jeff being, and it's so hard with Annie being a character that's so young. Yeah. And that's definitely an issue that I have with thinking about them as a long-term Couple. romantic coupling. That's not what this is. So that has nothing to do with why this yeah. moment worked okay for me. They acted out in a way that just not being predatorial, mm-hmm. Annie, the the messages are loud and clear, but it's also very spontaneous. And I, I kind of like the drama that that sets up way more than I like keeping Slater around to be. Is it going to be Slater or is it going to be Britta? Yeah,
1: I agree. I, I I would not have liked – a really long continuation of like which one's he gonna go with and I go back I would not have liked that at all
0: and the show doesn't really do this the the first episode of season two will tackle the Mm -hmm. mostly the Britta and Jeff of it all but they sweep it under the rug pretty fast and then really Jeff and Annie continue to kind of be thought about here and there but we'll get to that I think that kiss works really well I think it's really sweet and I think, like I've said quite a few times, Allison Bree just knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And I think Joel McHale does a good job when his character is written well this episode. Yeah. But a lot of the times, he's a total wet blanket. Uh, that's the end of the episode. Before we talk about the end tag, do you have any other, any other uh, qualms
1: or, or things to, that, that are on your mind to get out about this no, episode? No, it's upsetting because there's so much really great in this episode. Like, if you just took the Definitely. great points of the episode and made like the parts that are bad just okay like made them like fixed enough of it that it was passable. This would be like a really good episode, really enjoyable. At least a decent way to end. Yeah. The season. It's just, it's yeah. upsetting that they like sullied so much good and so much like, cause I, back to what I said earlier, like, especially after watching it again, I think that they did a good job with a lot of the characters of showing how they've grown over the course of this year and matured uh, specifically with, I think Annie and Troy and Abed, you know, um, and even Jeff to the point that he is thoughtfully thinking about each woman that's confessed their love to him and, and the pros of cons of, you know, both of them, he is thinking about that where, and before he'd be like, oh, cool. I'll bang both of them. Like that would be, you know, yeah. pilot Jeff. So they've grown, but like there's At so much. At least he's not away. like,
0: how can I, how can I profit out of yeah. this? He, you can tell that it it's
1: giving him pause for yeah. sure. I just, it, that's my biggest issue with the episode, is that it, it detracts so much for me, like in the grand scheme of things. Because there's so much awesome, like, great stuff in this episode that they could have just let it be great. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of great things in
0: this episode, which makes it hard to rank this one very low, but it's certainly not very high Mm -mm. either. But it's got Troy with the cookie, and it's got the Dean with the Dalmatians, and it's got John Oliver rapping about his penis. And it's so sad that John Oliver couldn't be on the show more, but it's definitely excusable since his reason for not being on the show was doing America a true favor with Last Week Tonight. Uh, but, yeah, it's got so much that works so well for this show, firing on all cylinders, without any, like, bombastic... cliche, uh, Not cliche, bombastic homage-type yeah. stuff. But it feels... The relationship stuff just doesn't work. I don't know. There's nothing more I can say about it. It doesn't work for me, and it, and it definitely hinders the episode yeah. a lot. That being said, there is... Clearly, a lot of good in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, who is the MVP in an episode that I think
1: there are quite a few potentials? My MVP was originally Britta, after the first time I watched it. it quickly changed because, you're, like... You're wrong. Well, yeah, that's, it's, it's that's wrong. wrong. That's why she's not that's my wrong. MVP. But I think Britta does great for a lot of the episodes, so she does very, very it's poorly. It's just because Gillian Jacobs looks up and flutters her eyelashes a lot in this episode. You got episode. me. <laughs> that's all it is. You're just in love um, with her. But I've, I've landed on Troy as my MVP for this episode. If for nothing sure. else than he ate that cookie, he learned a lesson. He's grown over the course of the season, and I think that he, you know, made a an adult decision, which is Roy, rare for Troy to do, to I guess move in with this old man.
0: Yeah. I vibe with that. I think quite a few characters are uh are runner-up for me. Uh I think Dean could definitely mm-hmm. be argued. I think Duncan could be argued. Yeah. Uh, And I think Troy could be argued. But I think I've broadcasted pretty clearly that I'm going to go with Annie for this Mm -hmm. episode. Just because in an episode where certain types of plots don't work for a lot of the characters, Allison knocks it out of the park. She makes it work. And uh, her plot line works for me the entire episode. The way her relationship with Vaughn is brought back up and ended works way better than the way Slater is brought back up and ended or anything like that. I think Allison Bree knocks it out of the park and turns a new page as far as her performance in this episode. And this is my second week in a row given her my yeah, MVP. it is so good stuff at the end of the season for Allison. Yeah, now now hold the phone because
1: Sting is just backstage. Yeah, ready just at any after moment. this intag, Sting will be coming out. Also, Ooh, uh, Zach, nearly is done. It yes, about time for the secret word. Oh my goodness, I
0: forgot. And I am gonna give the secret word this time if that's yeah. okay. Unless you have something no, no, no. I, I opened the door about.
1: for you. Walk on in.
0: Thank you for doing that because I've been so season finale focused that I did kind of forget about it. We are going to give one more secret word you still have until Wednesday night at midnight, uh, November 19th, that Thursday, midnight Eastern time, is when you can no longer enter and we're giving you another secret word. You can also enter by retweeting the pinned tweet on Twitter and by emailing us a snapshot of your review of our podcast on our email, which is can't disappoint Podcast at gmail.com to get different numbers of entries for each thing you do, the review being the most. The middle entry is the secret word. You can get two entries for your secret word. And if you did it last time, that's two. You can now do it again for another two. This week's secret word is a secret phrase, Ooh. and it's going to be giant cookie. Ooh,
1: that's a good one.
0: So DM us wherever you can find us giant cookie for two more entries into our giveaway which the winner of which will be announced another big announcement really quick next week with our end of season roundtable we're going to be talking the best worst and everything in between of the entire first season with our good friends dom and andre of dom and andre in the morning we're very excited to finally have them on and have the crossover event of the century. it's
1: going to be great we're going to discuss you know trading co-hosts um likes dislikes dalmatians all of that it's going to be great (laughs) And we're gonna learn
0: who wins this prize. It'll all be very. Yeah. Fun. Let's talk about this intag really quick. It's pretty slight, and it's not exactly one of my favorites. But there are a funny, a funny couple bits. It's Abed's video yearbook, and for Abed, who's a great filmmaker, he could have really upped the scale on his production of this. Yeah. This I feel like if Photoshop video yeah, yearbook.
1: Yeah, I think if Abed were really doing this, it would still have that very home video vibe to it. But the production would be a lot more. There'd be more explosions. There'd be more heartfelt sure. things. More people that didn't know they were recorded.
0: And he's just happy to be popular enough to finally be in a yearbook. Uh, Chevy Chase tries to do an improv joke about signing that doesn't work that well. That's correct. <laughs> Jeff, photo not available works. Shirley thinks Abed's making like a Girls Gone Wild type video. That's mm-hmm. kind of funny. Uh, Britta doesn't believe in yearbooks. All right. Starburns wants everyone to know that he's a real person. And I like that as all of these images are being shown, <laughs> it's words like classes. As he's talking about <laughs> yeah. the person in between the starburns. <laughs> Leonard's got such a mischievous look on his face. Only two pregnancy scares this year. And Troy, much like I would give the first season of our podcast, <laughs> he gives his school year a D for D <laughs> much as i would give steven's performance hey thank you and then it's a crowd of people watching it on a computer and he's like it's all students that we've never seen and he's like i spent 10 bucks for this (laughs) i've never seen any of these people before and that's a pretty funny joke to end the season on and that is the joke that we end the season on that season wow that's a wrap we did talk about the mvp a little too early i kind of forgot about the end tag but that's okay (laughs) We got it all. Next week, is going to be great. We're going to talk about the season MVP. Uh, I think our Twitter bracket pool will be winding down, so we'll have a winner of the, the season one bracket tournament. Yeah, I got so my look, votes in be a lot of
1: today for this, round two of it, and the episodes that I voted for are not the popular choices ever, so it's fine.
0: I feel that way sometimes too. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to have that because it's a different way to narrow down to the top episode, and it's it might be a... Uh, uh, an interesting Yeah, we so can we'll tell see. everyone how wrong you are. Steven, as we're wrapping things up and strapping on our ice skates to get ready for this big end-of-the-show
1: 3D musical performance, yeah.
0: what do you have to say for the people that have been listening to us for – 26
1: weeks um, now you know you guys will be hearing this a couple weeks before thanksgiving um but we're actually recording it on thanksgiving day we time travel <laughs> yeah um yeah and i just i'm it's just a scheduling yeah. thing i'm just so grateful for everyone who's listened once twice three times a lady uh it's three really times a, a lot podcast <laughs> exactly coming soon um <laughs> is it just a podcast about that one song yeah okay by the commodores Sure. Um, So, but it's, yeah, it's been a lot that like you guys have been interacting and listening and, and it just, it's really cool that, you know, we started this just to kind of do it because we've been talking about it for a long time and it was a way for us to kind of keep in contact during quarantine and with us living in different states. But it's been really cool because instead of like the two of us sharing this, we've gotten to share it with, you know, new friends and people from around the world. And that's like crazy to think about, but it's been really, you know fun. And I hope that, you know, when season two of Community comes out, uh, that we can watch that and dissect it for you guys. It has been so fun. And it's
0: given me something really positive to work towards and to think about uh, in a span of months that for lots of reasons, personal and widespread, have not always been positive. But this always has been. And that's been awesome. And I hope that uh, some of that comes through to you guys listening to us that hopefully some of our stupid, uh, semi-positivity can, can rub off on you guys just a little bit yeah it's been awesome so thanks for coming aboard and it's only going to go up from here i hope
1: once yeah. those new hosts
0: take over it'll really it'll really yeah you something. guys are
1: really gonna like the new show better it's gonna yeah. a lot less you know anime and mom talk at least so but i think that
0: does it this week from us here at you can't disappoint a podcast from inside the dreamatorium i'm zach i'm steven Black Lives Matter, and now ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the musical stylings of Sting.